Welcome to In The Stiffs. Um, thank you very much to our sponsors for Series 2, Budge & Motors. Been established for 40 years. Best car dealership in Shropshire. Debatable. We've, well, we've all had cars from there. Gav, you had a, you, you've been to Budge Yeah, a few times now. Dave, two big time. The only one, the only one's Tesla, Tesla's, doesn't he? But to be fair, though, they do do Teslas. Do any car. You want a car, they'll get you a car. No, I, I just spoke to them. They are fast, to be fair. You know they're good when Dave's on side with them. I've been up at um, 20%. Have we sorted out the discount? Come down, come down to budget, mentioning the stiffs, and what, what we'll have to sort out. was that? Discount? Yeah, about 90%. Yeah, that'll have to be sorted <laughs> out at, um, at the showroom. Yeah, to be confirmed, that one. Yeah. We like to think that we're life coaches now, don't we, lads? Got to experience the food, uh, whereas like, you have like Chinese's and chip shops in the same shop which I thought was a bit weird I've never seen it before he comes when he comes across you get out of the way it's just Keems I, I was with him suddenly when he was on the drink <laughs> I had a bit of a set to with Paul Lintz which probably could have helped it really what happened, at, what happened at Game Meadow yeah. tough place to play we've, oh, we've, all had, we've all had a stinker at Game Meadow like a few nights out what, what was the culture yeah, like we had a great group man yeah it was great especially going up to the championship probably not going to get a better drinking partner than him I've never oh, been out in Wolverhampton, I haven't. What? You might have done as a kid. You could get so the lads and spear them in rhinos, is that what we're seeing? Spearmint's quite tough to get into, actually. <laughs> Can you boys not touch alcohol till you're 45? Did you live in Middlesbrough? Yeah. Oh, that's oh, a, uh, how, how would you find him anyway? Yeah, maybe not as good as you. <laughs> All of a sudden, Keems walks in for the other side. Doc, can you have a, a quick look at this <laughs> It's weird. I knew something wasn't quite right with me, though. I don't know why. I, I never thought it was anything major. I can't remember him actually saying that you've got cancer. It was just a tough, tough moment. Them first few day or two. This fridge with just full of chopped fruit, and you was like, I'm not eating any hospital food. And you say, I'm only eating things which I know are going to yeah. help, help fight this. Why are you with your health at the moment? Then. Oh. Yeah, I feel feel great, mate. Yeah. The main image of Carl at Compton Training Ground was two bags of ice on his knees. He's <laughs> <laughs> not known for that. You can, be too po- you can be too polished, can't you? I always worry yeah, about being too polished. Welcome to another episode of In the Stiffs. Thanks very much for all the listeners. We are bringing you another top guest. As always, we're not just good footballers, but good people who have stories to tell. We like to think that we're life coaches now, don't we, lads? Definitely, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Helped a lot of people on this podcast. We have. Gav, introduce our guest, please. Yeah, our guest this week has made 271 professional appearances, representing the Mighty Hoops, QPR, Middlesbrough, Leicester City, Sheffield United, Doncaster Rovers, wow. Charlton Athletic, <gasps> Accrington Stanley, Stockport County, and most most remembered for his time at Wolverhampton Wanderers, where he became a club legend. Not forgetting playing international football, at football with Nigeria. Wow. We're delighted to welcome to the podcast the one and only Carl Akimi. That was a nice intro, man. You got uh, that was my radio voice. You got lost <laughs> a little bit on the clubs, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. 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 You had to I take, take a, a breather. Dave wrote, wrote it down for you as well. And yeah. Yeah. It was really, I, I should keep doing them because yeah, I normally yeah. I normally do them, but we thought we'd mix it, was it up. Fluent, but it was fluent, but there's seven hundred clubs there. So yeah. that, uh, that was a lot of clubs there. But you're actually, Kim's a one club man, aren't you? Yeah. Really? You've only yeah. ever signed for one club, I should say. Yeah, theoretically, yeah. Uh, I had a lot of loan spells, especially as a younger younger adult, really. And yeah, it was an uh, experience at the time. It was tough at moments. There's just times where, like, no disrespect to Accrington and stuff like that, it's not the best place to stay. Like in Accrington, on Accrington High Street in a bedroom. We, we, we do have a lot of listeners so not, in Accrington. Yeah. Yeah. So Accrington's not a good night out, is that what you're telling us? I didn't get to experience it. Like, I got to experience the food, uh, whereas like, you have like Chinese's and 
uh, chip shops in the same shop, which is, I thought was a bit weird. Yeah, that was my uh, cuisine on a Friday night before the game. So, uh, do you know, it was it was valuable experience at the time. In all honesty, yeah. I made my first um, sort of adult uh, appearance there. I remember all the shut away. It's a game I'll never forget because um, yeah, we had a long journey down, and obviously when you're at Wolves and stuff, you get everything done for you. Uh, so I got to got to the game and. So my kit was laid out, but there was no like sluggies or nothing like that. So, <laughs> so sl- sluggies for the listeners yeah. are like so pants, aren't yeah, they? Pants, slips. slips. Yeah, slips. Help yeah. keep everything in. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> there was none there. So I had to make a decision whether I wear my pants that I've got on or I needed some pants to not, not wear any pants. Yeah. Uh, and have Tough nothing to wear back home. So it was kind of <laughs> well, what do I do? So Tough, I thought, Tough decision. I just thought I won't wear them. Like I'd be good. First minute of the game, crunch and tackle. Crunch and tackle <laughs> right down my ball bag. <laughs> <laughs> it was horrific. Man. Why haven't we got? Why haven't we have any sloggies at this yeah, club? Where's first, the sloggies? Everything just hanging loose. Oh, <laughs> not going there again. The game hanging loose. Like it, I was in mad oh, pain. Um, got in at half time, and then. Uh, to ask anyone if they had any sluggies because it was just in yeah. too much pain. So someone gave me that day once. I had to put them on just to yeah. get through the game. So it was my uh, welcome to the real welcome yeah, to the football. Some young lad, football. Yeah, you another young lad. Get, get your sluggies off. I'll have them. I'll yeah. wear them second half. Yeah. So it's a proper welcome to men's football. And um, it, it put me in, uh, in good stead, I suppose, in the uh, future. And yeah, it was uh, only it was only a four week loan, but. Interesting to say yeah. the least. But you started at you started at Wolves, obviously. So, what age did you sign? Had you always been a goalkeeper? Uh, no, I was uh, I was at Villa when I was probably about ten, eleven um, in goal. I'd always thought I'd be playing outfield, but I was always better in goal for my Sunday league team. So, was you a Villa fan, Wolves fan? Yeah, I was a Villa, Villa fan, fan as a kid. Decent old field player. I was all right. Yeah, I felt, I felt like I was all right. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, I was pretty quick as a kid, so you yeah. just, you've got half a chance if you've got a bit of speed. Anyway, so I used to play up front for like Sunday league, and I always used to play up, play out when we was just playing Wembley around the park and that. So, but I was always better in goal. So for Sunday league, I'd always get chucked in goal, and especially for the big games, I'd always get put in goal. So I kind of got spotted by Vela when I was ten, eleven. I kind of went there probably for about two years, and then just didn't really enjoy it. Wasn't I supported Villa as a younger kid, but I was sort of getting to 12 13 and I wasn't really that bothered about Villa anymore. But my dad was a mad Villa fan, so he wasn't pressuring me, but I just didn't want to let my dad down at the same time, so I kind of just kept on going for a little bit. And then uh, I remember just saying to my mum, I don't want to go back there now, um, I, don't, I don't like it, I don't enjoy it, I just want to play football with my mates. Went black, uh, played outfield for my Sunday league team for a little bit, and then my, my mate. Uh, had a trial at Wolves so uh, he went to have the trial and they were looking for goalkeepers at the time so he was like oh my mate's a goalkeeper he's just he probably just give a bit of a story backstory on me so I just put some gloves on and went took the trial and then been at Wolves ever since that's mad that isn't it were you, were you like a superstar when you were a kid? Like, was it? Were you like thinking this? Everybody going, this kid's going to be amazing. No, no, no. definitely not that. No, um, just worked hard and stuff. So, yeah, well, I from fourteen we. I started coming to Wolves, so I never really had goalkeeper training. I remember not not too sure if I was going to get my apprentice at the time. Yeah. I thought that the other, the other lad, got, Dean Coleman, was pretty good as well. And uh, he'd been technically, he'd been teach with the goalkeeper coach and stuff like that. So he might have been technically a little bit better than me. So I always was touch and go, I thought. And the way that training was set up as well, I, could, I couldn't make the days when uh, there were goalkeeping sessions. Uh, yeah. Because my friend was giving me a lift to Birmingham uh, from Birmingham, 
And then when he got released, like we couldn't afford to come three times a week. So I had to pick the days where I could come and it'd always be with the team. So we just, I never had any sort of technical goalkeeping until I was 16 and kind of took a little bit of time to get going. But I suppose what I did have was I could make, I could make a save and I could come for a cross and I was brave. So it was, I was doing actually well in the games, but in the training sessions it was difficult because technically I wasn't quite the best. He says comes for a cross when he was fully grown at Wolves, mate. When he you, comes for a cross. When he comes for a cross, you get out of the way. It's just teams. <laughs> and you just duck. They you just wait for it to yeah. clean you out. And you're taking the lot. You're taking your defenders a lot. It's like that. Just it is class, though. Clear out the women and children. There's nothing better as a defender when you've got your goalkeeper doing that. Yeah. And he just screams and you just think, right, get out of yeah. the way. And, for that, yeah. and the strikers are the same as well. Attacking, yeah. they're like, nah, I don't fancy that. That, that old jump one with the knee up as well, isn't yeah. it? The knee of just yeah. taking out everyone. Never getting a free kick against you. Just hurt anybody. I enjoy taking crosses more than making saves. You know, it was weird. Wow. Like just the Enjoy feeling that. of coming for a cross because it takes it takes a bit of bravery in that yeah, to come for a cross. And I think the crowd appreciate that as well. Not just players on the. I think the crowd when they yeah. see a keeper come and get a difficult cross, they get like a good, you get a good applause. Like, don't a, you? It's a brave yeah. thing, though. I mean, obviously, I'm not a goalkeeper an expert or anything, obviously. But like, always stand on the line sometimes, and you think, just come on, come on, come and come and clear. You're mate. putting yourself at, at risk, aren't you? When as soon as you come for a cross, you're opening yourself up to a mistake, aren't you? Exactly. Yeah, and I think. Um, that's kind of when we kind of talk about mistakes and that, and I may have plenty of them, though, right? <laughs> but um, like, if he didn't come for if he didn't come for a cross that he should have, that was a mistake to me anyway. Yeah, so yeah. they're all mistakes, and you all yeah. end up in the same result. We've all, we've all played with a lot of liners, we call them, don't they? Yeah, yeah. They're like, go, mine, yours away. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the arguments on the pitch is the defender is turning around to the keeper. Saying, said Any danger? A, yeah, I said that a few times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it just alleviate, it alleviates yeah. pressure, doesn't it? Like you know, yeah. it's, it's high risk. So I think that's why crowd appreciate because it's high risk to come and do that, isn't it? And then it alleviates pressure and everyone's buzzing. So yeah. What was it like being a young lad at Wolves? Like you had some big characters at the time. Um, it hard. I think even as well, I'll call it. Is it hard being a keeper because you do get stuck in? Like you, you know, you getting goal with doing shooting, youngin. Getting goal with doing shooting practice and some big, big characters there were there. Yeah. Well, it was. Uh, it was. It was. It was brilliant to be honest. At the t- uh, from sixteen to eighteen, especially say we kind of come in. Sort of just left school and straight into football, which and I, I only started to appreciate it later in life that I yeah. just went, left school probably in June and then yeah. a couple of weeks um, later I'm in football every day like it's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. So sort of pre-season was solid, man. Like at Bagridge Park, we started, which is kind of a park in Wolverhampton. It was deadly. Uh, they won't do it now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it, yeah. But uh, sort of started doing that, and we had like a mad mix of people in the change room. So we had like. Um, English lads, uh, Irish lads, just a mixture of different characters and stuff like that. We all used to get changed at the Molyneux and get the um, get a mini bus down to the training ground. So it was interesting. Who was, yeah. who was in there at that time? And who would have been uh, Leon then? Clark, Sammy Klingon, who had a, had a good career. Um, Padjo is another. Just is a is a is a legend. Down is a legend between the sort of YTS yeah. uh, boys <laughs> who would know Padjo. He's a he's a top guy. There's quite a, quite a few key flow. They've always had a good academy wars, haven't they? The lads who made it through. Some good players, Ashley Vincent, Lewis Goldburn, anyone else. Keith Lowe just finished up at Kidderminster, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's forged a good career there. Strange one with Keith, because we had a lad called Michael Townsend who was sort of fit, strong, like looked like he'd been doing weight since he was six, like he's that sort of uh, guy. And Keith was kind of maybe overlooked, really. Keith was the first one to actually make his debut at the lot of us, and we never expected him. We had another left-back, Luke Bradley, who was the sort of wonder boy, really, at the time, and... Was all thinking made it million percent, yeah. and yeah. it's weird how Keith came through first. 
Like he's probably uh-huh. he probably I'm sure he'd say it himself like and that he probably wasn't tipped to do it at, yeah. at 15, 16, but he ended up playing first team football before a lot of us really. So he's ended up having a great career playing football. I don't know how many games he's played, but I bet he's played a lot. But doing, but doing that, you get your picture up on the the halls at Compton, the training ground wall. So you walk down yeah. the corridor at Compton and line in each wall is pictures of all the yeah, academy players yeah, who have played yeah. the first yeah. it's really nice isn't it it's just yeah. so if you can get your picture on the wall yeah. I remember seeing inspirational Keith, isn't it yeah. for the kids to see yeah, that, that can happen you it can do good, it yeah. we, had, we, had, we had Chris Evans at the time it was a bit marmite with some people but like he was wicked for the academy because he'd be pushing guys to play so he'd go up to the chief exec uh, Jez yeah. Max at the time and then he'd start arguing about bringing players in he's like no you've got someone in the academy yeah. like, and it, it really Really, we had a lot of players through the academy, especially from that period of time. Yeah. I think we still have had reduced yeah. players all along, but we have had, um, I think, especially then, I was thinking Kev O'Connor. Uh, I think yeah. a lot of us, a lot of us, ended up making our debuts. Really, what about, about the, what, sorry, what about the first team though? That, at that point, you've you sort of progressed through the youth team, but as a goalkeeper, you probably train more with the first team than most at that point because they need keepers yeah, and things so, like that. So who uh, was the, the young lad in goal for yeah. shooting practice? <laughs> yeah, so it was. Um, He's like Paul Lintz, Lescott, Cunning Cameron, uh, Mark Kennedy. That's that's um, a experienced, tough dressing room, that isn't it? Yes, it was tough, man. Alex Ray, yeah, uh, Paul Butler, trying to think. Paul Butler, Paul Butler, yeah, yeah tough so man. I played, I yeah, played yeah. with Paul Butler and Alex Ray, and they were good lads. Obviously, that was yeah. Alex Ray. That was all. That was post post everything, wasn't it? Where he was off the drink. Then he was. Yeah. A, yeah. I, I was with him at Sunderland when he was on the drink. Dennis Irwin. Uh, there were oh, some wow. legends, some yeah, big players. So it was tough because um, I was actually, I think it was, seven, I was on the bench for the first team. I think it was seventeen. I think it might, I'm not sure it was my first year at the club. But did um, get, sorry, did they get promoted the first year you were there? Got promoted the Premier League. I don't know if that got promoted first or second year I was there. Yeah, and I was with the first team a lot uh, when they got promoted because I think Matt Murray got injured, um, and then I think I had I was on the bench for seven or eight games, so I, I had a lot of time with them. Yeah, a lot of the sort of small side of games. It was tough, man. Did they look after you or not? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> no. technically, as I said before, technically I wasn't the best. So if yeah. you put one top corner, I might pick it, like might tip it out. But if you hit it at me, it'd probably go through me. Yeah. So right. obviously I was making a lot of mistakes. And when you got sort of the likes of Paul Lynch, Colin Cameron, Kent Sparky. Like the, it was tough. Do you know what I mean? They were, on, yeah, they're, they're were on you, man. Yeah. On you. Yeah. Well, we've had this discussion with a lot of our uh, guests, haven't we? Around that sort of that blooding when you come through. About you know, we've spoken to the likes of obviously Connor Cody, who's at Liverpool, and yeah. then we've spoken to uh, who did we speak to who didn't actually have that. We spoke to they didn't actually have that YTS. They sort of come through, and yeah. you obviously keen and probably agree with what we agree with that although it probably wasn't the nicest at the time and you've got these lads who are trying to build your character it, it, it makes you a man doesn't it it does you know you have to you've got um, no choice have you? yeah you've no. got no choice and you've got no choice to kind of get back up and go again because I think you might say it's a bit different for outfield players you still make mistakes but you can kind of get away if it was a goalkeeper like you just there's no hiding really like and I, and I had to go back again the next day and yeah. face it again and it was um it was it was tough, but in the end, I think I ended up getting respect from a lot of the sort of older pros. In the end, it took a, a, a bit of time, but they ended up helping me a, a lot. Why do you think they took the time to do that? Then I'm not sure. You know, I had a I had a bit of a set to with Paul Lintz, which probably could have helped it really. Well, yeah. Talk us through that. Then. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, another another day. I don't know if it was my fault or someone else's fault. I think I I thought it was someone else's fault this time, and then Incy <laughs> was on me again. So I just. At the time, I just thought, 
I wouldn't let no one speak to me outside of football like this, so I'm not going to let it happen yeah. here. So then it kind of, Inti started having a go at me and I just thought, oh, fuck this. Like, so I just took You're a big lad as well. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. Inti's going to so say you're not, the, you're not the smallest, yeah. yeah. I sort of just took but my But still, though, to, to Paul in, so like, oh, absolutely, yeah. 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 I mean, standing your ground to someone. So, yeah. so I just took my gloves off and kind of just let's have it. I said, "Are you talking to like an act?" And kind of just had a bit of a set to kind of, and then probably the best thing I've done to be honest because after that he was he's helped me and helped me ever since my career. I think yeah. maybe I got his actual respect from there. Um, I think if I just done it to start off with, you know, I've seen I've yeah. seen lads do it yeah. as we will be older, and you just think, "Come on, son, like don't do it now. Like, yeah. I just bide your time and." enough time yeah yeah enough, yeah uh, right yeah and so you, like you, and you've done your normal even bit off of dave jones like and that's another yeah. story where i took a cup of tea into that we used to get we used to have a gym at the stadium where the i where the away dressing room is where i think they changed it to mix office or whatever yeah uh, we used to have a gym there and i remember taking a cup of tea into there and then dave jones absolutely roasted me i was only 16 <laughs> like roasted me and i remember getting a brilliant also with dave jones he um I got, I got, I remember starting to play and then I got a pro deal. Uh, I think it was about 17, 18. And then uh, I think it was like three years. And he said, ah, oh, he come and said, ah, oh, congratulations, but I'd only give you a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shut your day, Thanks, you. You're buzzing confident. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and it's to keep your feet on the ground, though, isn't yeah. it? Like, and arguably that doesn't happen a lot now, does it? A lot of the time, you know, they're getting four or five year deals and, you know, they're getting the bellies tickled from quite a lot. And I know, I know it's not like, across the board but mm. I think back in those days it was like you rightly say there we talk about a lot about resilience on this podcast and you've got no alternative you've actually you sink or swim don't you and I think that that can that can sort of mould you as a player as Def- well definitely I think for me uh, I think because technically I was a little bit behind and sort of having these experiences of I weren't doing particularly well in training with the first team but I was doing really well in my in my actual games and just the fact of uh, I, I need to try and do something like I can't, I technically I can't I, I can't rush it any more than it's doing I'm training every day with Bobby Mims Bobby Mims is brilliant as well and it kind of got to a point where I think I was about 17, 18 and I thought I think Michael Oakes was there um, Paul Jones might have been there uh, obviously Matt Murray was there I think we might have had one or two keepers on loan kind of when there's a few injuries and I just thought okay then I, I looked at kind of looked at everyone I thought well I can't match you technically so I'm going to have to try and match you physically so I ended up just being a sort of gym rat running aimlessly around my park, but I'd just, I'd just keep running in, yeah. until I could, couldn't run no more. Yeah. And it was just sort of fact where I just sort of mind frame just to think, yeah. oh, do you know what, I've got to do something. And I kind yeah. of remember it got to a stage. I remember Oaksy saying to me, technically we're still better than me, like, and I, but it's just like physically I can't keep up with you anymore. Yeah. He was obviously getting to a sort of early 30s and, that, and I kind of thought, well, I've got to start to kick on a little bit now. What a brilliant thing to say from a senior goalkeeper to give yeah. you that encouragement to say, like, you know, you're doing everything you can here. Yeah. You're going to get ahead of me in o- this area. Oaksy was brilliant, man. He was, like, technically technically really good. Technically probably better out of all of us. He was a little bit smaller. Yeah. He was another one who really helped me, technically. Um, I was sort of saying to him, I was speaking to him, trying to teach my little girl to play tennis the other day. And I was just telling her to, to uh, swing. swing. As I say, say it if you want. Say it as you're coming in. I remember Oaksy saying, like, when the ball comes at you, just sh- say catch, catch, catch. And then I just ended up saying it. And just ended up, just, the ball just ended up sticking a little bit more. So, you know, just little yeah. things like that kind of helped me. And then Matt Murray was a massive help for me, really, sort of throughout my whole career. He was someone that I kind of really looked up to at the time. So I had some great keepers to kind of be around. And yeah. Great calibre of keeper. Of Michael calibre Oaks, keeper. Paul Jones. Good, cali- good characters yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of, yeah, I had Wayne Hennessy, a year yeah. younger than me as well. So... 
they had some really keepers and yeah. run on as well to probably be the best out of a lot of us, probably. Yeah. Wow. So you're with the first team a lot, Keems. Obviously, in and around it in training, get yourself on the bench, but not really enough for you. You needed to get out, didn't you, and, and kickstart your career, and you go off to obviously have low moves at the likes of Accrington and Stockport, like you've said. How, how did that differ? I know you've touched on it slightly and we've t- spoken about the sloggies and getting smashed in the balls and that. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> and again, we've spoken about your, I suppose, your apprenticeship and your, you know, becoming a man through walls. How did that affect you? How did that sort of, you know, affect your game, your character? You know, did you come back stronger? Yeah, I didn't. The start put one didn't go particularly well. For a number of reasons, so we just touched on one to sort of tell you about the Shrewsbury days. Where what happened? At, what happened at Game Meadow? Tough oh, place to play. We've, we've, all had, we've all had a stinker at Game Meadow. I've had Tough place to go, which I learned. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, sort of last minute, kind of tried to roll the ball out so I could just kick it out. Obviously, didn't check behind me, and then kind of come round. And I can't remember if it was. We lost the game or drew it. It was, an, it was an equaliser, I think. It, 90 it minutes equaliser. Yeah. Jackson, wasn't it? He was, I think he was on loan from Preston. Yeah. He was a young lad on loan from Preston. Um, come off the bench then. And yeah, obviously, then the guys kind of come around me and then uh, ended up scoring last minute. So it was a, a, a sickener and a sort of bad lesson to yeah. kind of learn. But it was it was tough in Stockport. I actually, I liked being in Stockport. Uh, I didn't mind being up there. I think I played maybe like 10, 11 games. But it was... Um, a young kid though. This is like, this is still... Yeah, it's probably about... Say 19, 18, 19. Oh, that for so, keeper though, isn't yeah. it? Because people like, I remember, you don't like the young lads in goal, do you? Because yeah. you like an experienced yeah. person, don't you? Who's calm and probably young lads, erratic, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. must have had some words. recommendation there though, Keems, because, you know, like Sam says there, at 18, 19, as a manager of a football club of the stature of Stockport, yeah. he's taking a massive risk there. Yeah, I mean, right. for you, it's a win-win because you can go like, there, make yeah. mistakes, you can do everything that you need to do to make sure your goal is to get into the first team at Wolves but for Stockport that you've got to come with some recommendation it's for them to winger. go it's not a winger like a winger is it you have a winger don't you exactly. you have a winger left 89 year old you play him you don't play him you bring him on for half an hour you go with your keeper like you're playing your yeah. keeper as an 18 year old it's, it's um, yeah it was I think uh, maybe Bobby Bobby Bims was brilliant as I suppose he had something to do with it I think it was Chris Turner I think was the manager as well he was a former yeah. goalkeeper so it was a good experience for me, don't get me wrong, looking at, but probably didn't go the way that I thought it was going to go and hoped it would have went. And in the end, to be honest, I was relieved to, to get back to Wolves. I ended up breaking my hand. And I just, after that. How would you, you break your hand? I was going to say, are we, are we allowed to talk about that? Or? <laughs> uh, that yeah, that was football related. Oh, yeah, I, think, um, I think I came for a cross and went into um back of someone's head, and I think that's kind of broke my finger. That's oh, right. Yeah, it's a bit. And yeah, so I had to go back to Wolves. And I think it was uh, was that that was, was the um, was the medical treatment not great up in Stockport then? That was all right, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it, it weren't too bad, mate. I've had worse. Yeah. I've had worse, but um, it was but all right. you've you've obviously gone there, and then you come back to Wolves. I suppose it makes you appreciate your surroundings and that you want it more. Yeah, I was never, I was never, I never took it for granted to honest at Wolves at any point. But I think after Stockport, I just thought I never want to go back there. <laughs> no offense to Stockport. What a club! What, what a club Stockport County is. Yeah, actually, it's actually a great club. Like, it's a yeah. big club. I think it just got relegated from Championship to League Two at the time, so it was, it was a huge club. But I just you know, big weren't disrespectful. Was. Yeah, just Wolves are obviously Championship yeah. uh, Prem, and I just thought I'd, I, I want to do everything I can to make sure that I never come back. Just kind of kicked on another level. You, we've all probably had it where you just thought, you know, I need to go again now. You are doing your best and you are giving everything, but you always find another gear to kind of go again. And 
Signed her after that. Um, I think I might have got my break at Wolves then. Your first break at Wolves was like, was it the 08-09 season where we got promoted to? Oh, yeah, we go. The Premier League. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All, no, we said that like, quite all, all, all Dave talks about. Always talks, finds an angle. He talks about Euro 2016, doesn't he? Because he, I don't know whether you heard, but he played a couple of games for um, for Wales in, in the 08-09 the season. But that was, that was a big season then. That was the one, wasn't it? Think, yeah. What was that like? I think yeah. that was. Um, I think I'm not sure too sure if I went on loan before after Stockport, but I think I ended up uh, getting getting in the team, and I think Wayne got sent off. I think yeah, uh, Preston wasn't Preston, it? Yeah, and um, ended up played Bristol City at home. We won two 0 Ended up playing playing well, actually, really well actually. And um, it just it, that just gave me the belief that I could play. I, th- I think I did come on before that. In uh, this was a great time to come on. <laughs> we were winning one 0 against Luton. Uh, came on about. 85th minute oh, oh no it's a defender oh, but yeah. goalkeeper whipping, whipping balls under the I was bar. at home was yeah. it yeah. Home, home. Home. how old are you at this point uh, I'm going to say maybe not eight, 19-ish 20, 20, 19 oh, maybe. so I started whipping balls but um, I did that I think I came for two crosses actually uh, look, got a bit lucky with the one but it's, <laughs> you need Stuck. a bit of luck anyway yeah. <laughs> uh, but that, this sort of my first one in the team and I think after playing the, the game against Bristol City, I kind of believed that I could do it then. Yeah, and, um, I, I'd been on loan, and I think I played a few cup matches, but they're just not the same as the league. And I ended up playing. I'm not too sure how many games, maybe ten. ten so eight, Mick McCarthy's games. manager at this point. Did you feel like he had an influence on you? That he gave you that sort of sense of belief that I'm not just a kid anymore. I'm a man, almost. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if Mick. Because he's a different goalkeeper coach at this point, wasn't it? Pat Mountain came yeah, in. Yeah, I, I, I think. I think Mick. Showed belief in me definitely, and he yeah. obviously gave me my full league debut. And that I don't know if you ever and uh, my only gripe with me ever is that I never felt like he actually treated me like a man. I felt oh, like okay. he always seen me as an academy graduate, like and that. Um, he treated you differently, you reckon? Not differently in general, but I think it might have just been mixed thing anyway. It was very kind of his way or the highway, which is fine. Like and I never had no problem with that. I think sometimes that felt like sometimes I couldn't really have a conversation with Mick. Because I think he still seen me as a young. I think, I think you get that in football, don't you? When you come through an academy, it's hard to break out of that mould, isn't it? I think everybody always gets that. Like, you know, you probably get, you get paid less, don't you, a lot yeah, yeah, of the time definitely. as well, and definitely. you feel a bit like... You feel like you want everybody. one or two contracts yeah, behind where you should be. Yeah, you always think, like, hold on a minute, I'm playing the same as him, but because he's signed for money, oh, and he's yeah. now on more money. Yeah. There's a friend of mine, I've got to go unnamed, but when he, I always remember, he was yeah, a year above him, me. Just name him, Can't do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, he was offered like 250 quid a week to become a pro, and but then without the digs that he enjoyed as a as a YT. So he was like, well, how am I going to live? And they were like, oh, you'll just take it because it's you. And, you know, we can obviously lean on, we can mistake your kindness for weakness. Yeah. And then I think he signed for another club that ended up being about 900 quid a week. And he, yeah. they couldn't believe it. And he was like, I can't believe this club are going to pay me this. But because they saw the value from the outside, so it's probably a similar situation. I, think, I, don't, I don't think Mick sort of financially is similar. I think he, he believed in me. I think that's one thing I will say. I think he did genuinely believe in me. And uh, he gave me the belief to say that I can play. I remember playing at Norwich and uh, I I think I made a mistake uh, in that game, and but I actually played really well. It was weird. It's the best warm up I've ever had in my life. I'll never yeah. forget it. Like yeah. everything stuck. Like, I couldn't. I, I couldn't do no wrong in the world in the warm up, and then I ended up pulling one out at the top corner to start off. It, is that, what we, is that we got battered down in Norwich? Yeah, we, we lost five, yeah, five yeah, two yeah. or something, wasn't it? I think I made a I made a hiccup in that game, and then I remember him saying to me after, "How do you think you've done?" I was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, not the best." He's like, "Really?" I said, "Yeah, you made a mistake, but apart from that, you were brilliant." And I was just like. Okay, yeah, really yeah, love that. He, he really, yeah. I think he did. Uh, Mick obviously since on Vicky and he weren't scared to drop Wayne as well because Wayne had been doing doing really well, and he did drop Wayne yeah. 
in the end. So he kind of gave me the belief to say that I play. And I remember speaking to Matt after a point a, a bit later in life, I think. Matt was kind of under contract and he, he weren't too sure of uh, obviously just playing the, the, the game with sort of negotiations and, and I think Mick pulled him to say oh, like, tell me if you're going to sign because I'll just put Carl in yeah so I think he did believe me just the only only one gripe with Mick which has done a lot more for me than one gripe and I think everyone's got a gripe with every, every yeah. manager they've ever played for is that I, think, I don't think he seen me as the man but I think when maybe maybe when Styler and I suppose I was young enough to a degree, degree but when Styler came in um, oh, the back and yeah, soul back and then Ken, Kenny and that I think I got treated as a, a man I suppose I was 25 26 a little yeah. bit older, but I kind of felt that I could have had maybe some of these conversations with Mick when I was 21 because we wasn't in his office a lot but I think I had points where I was in his office with I remember he might have thought I was a nuisance to be at times when I was a little bit younger because I was struggling to get fit as well at a stage and um I remember kind of not being happy with some of the, the treatment that I was given um, at the time. Would you speak out about that? If you thought if you thought something was unfair, would you go and speak the gaffer? No, or I wasn't mouthy or anything. Like that. I was yeah. quite quiet and I kind of got on with everyone. But I think um, at the time, I just couldn't get fit. I'd been out for like nearly nine months with yeah. various injuries and kind of remembered uh, the physio at the time, a lovely guy, but he just couldn't get me fit. And I just... I always wanted to play it ultimately. I think Mick, Mick did the right thing because I suppose if you're having some young guy come in and say, like, listen, I'm not happy with my treatment. I've been out for eight, eight or nine months. Yeah. I, I don't think this guy can get me fit. I keep get going in and breaking down. I suppose his staff, he's, in his mind, is his staff. So he's yeah. obviously told yeah. me to do yeah, one. It's your fault. Yeah. Get yourself. Yeah. Yeah. But eventually he did actually put me with um, the academy, give me and Lewis Goldburn because Lewis is in the uh, same yeah. situation. He couldn't get fit. Give me and... Uh, Lewis, the um, academy physio, so just took the academy's physio off him and just give me and Lewis the, the physio, and we ended up kind of getting fit. So I don't know if that was maybe something in his in the back of his mind. And obviously we always had conversations at the start of a season when I felt like I was really flying and kind of ready to play, and and then we kind of have another goalkeeper come in who was more experienced. But I'm just kind of looking, going off training, thinking I don't care if he's got more experience. Like I feel like I'm. Were you confident like that? You were like, I can, no, I can no, play. no, I wasn't actually that confident, but I just, I kind of knew what I was seeing at the same time. And yeah, I, yeah I've got, I had the confidence to come competitive. I'm like any keeper who's in uh, against me, I'm competitive with him. Obviously, I think I can play, he thinks he can play. Only one of us can be right. And it's a hard relationship, yeah, that so. wasn't it, with the, with the other keepers, isn't it? Like, it's different than any other position that you say, it's either you or him is playing on the Saturday. Yeah, it's, it's different. I think maybe me and Wayne because we were similar age and came through, maybe it was yeah. a bit more competitive, really. Um, but we had, every, we had time we through, every time Wayne lets one in, he shit he is. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it doesn't yeah. do that. Nah, Wayne's, Wayne's a, a good lad. and a, I suppose, though, as well, when, when you see a goalkeeper make a mistake, as much as yeah. it might give you an opportunity, you know what that feeling is like. It's a horrible feeling. You oh, don't yeah. wish it upon yeah. anyone, yeah. So I'd always had a few uh, difficult discussions with Mick at the start of the season because he'd kind of tell me, well, you've been really good pre-season, but... Uh, not, you're not uh, in the squad yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll be on loan again so yeah. I think that's probably why I had so many loans but in, in the end in all honesty it done me good and um, in the long run it definitely done me good because it kind of sort of when I was getting a bit older and I was speaking to other goalkeepers that were kind of coming through and I was saying the clubs that I kind of went on loan to it was, it was unreal really I had like Leicester QPR Middlesbrough some Charlton some great clubs really. amazing and clubs at, to go on loan at. at sort of a young early 20s like any of the other keepers that were kind of coming through in sort of 18 to 23 year old category at the time would have snapped anyone's hand to be up at the end of the club so yeah I was grateful and um, 
it, it did help in the long run. So, were you, were you disappointed that you didn't get an opportunity? Obviously, you got promoted to the Premier League, and we were there for three years. And you said then you went out on loan to numerous, like huge football clubs. You went out on loan to, but you never got a chance. You played in the Premier League, didn't you? But it was right yeah, at the end. Right at the end, yeah, yeah. I was disappointed. I think it goes kind of go back to kind of my, my fear was of, we've had kind of various keepers and sort of even Marcus Hanneman, like goalkeeper. I'm not saying he wasn't, but kind of, you know, buddy in training, like he wouldn't do nothing. He wouldn't die until after 11. <laughs> so you're thinking, you're thinking, I can play, yeah, so I'm, I'm good thinking, enough, I'm good yeah, enough. Like, that was, that, that was funny, that, that was funny. Like, Marcus, you remember yeah. the American, Marcus Hanneman? You mentioned him before, haven't you? But I, yeah, I, I can't he remember just, him. he was, right, well, how old was he? Like sort of? Yeah, like probably mid to late 30. He might not have been as old as he thought at the time because we were like younger, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but we, we we wouldn't do a five-a-side until after 11 o'clock because he would refuse to dive before 11. He said he used to count and said, I've got maybe, I've got, I've got 150 dives left in me. And then he started counting them down. <laughs> yeah, I'm not using them before 11 o'clock. <laughs> I'm saving them. I'm yeah. saving them for a big team. And then used to go, over me? Yeah. And it used to go in. <laughs> yeah, all the time. <laughs> Why? No. Yeah, but he, he, used to, he did used to turn it on in the games, to be honest. But I think me seeing kind of us training together and obviously we are we are close as a unit uh, he obviously did have a kind of experience but kind of seeing and I'm thinking I can play man I, yeah. I want to I wanna play yeah. and sort of there were the sort of tough times where I just thought I, me and Wayne had been quite close with each other Wayne had kind of kicked on and um, yeah just wanted my opportunity really with with that group then Keems obviously you said you had a good relationship with the keepers but was it what was it like with all of the players like did you have a good group that year you know, was there like a few nights out? What, what was the culture yeah, like? we had a great group, man. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> Especially going up to the championship. Um, I think we had, uh, had sort of Sylvan, Kev Foley, Neil, Neil Collins. Daki was on the for a little bit. That's a Richard like, Steam yeah, and Michael Kiteley, Mark So there's, a, there's people like a beer and all that Steen, and everything yeah. as well. Yeah. It, I think it was more. We were Craddock. all the same age, weren't we? we yeah, were, apart, apart from Jody Craddock, we were all 22, yeah. 23, weren't we? Young lads. Yeah. And a lot of us, I think, had come from We'd not come from the top. I think we came from the bottom. Yeah. And that, I know I kind of came through walls, but I wasn't the person who was supposed to make it. So I kind of yeah. felt like that yeah. same sort of hunger. So it was all kind of hungry, like kind of young. and Work hard, play hard. Yeah, work, yeah. I wouldn't say it was excessive or, well, maybe it's excessive for nowadays. Probably, yeah. yeah, probably yeah. Now it is. Now it is. Yeah, probably, yeah, it did spill over a bit, but it, it, it was good fun. Yeah, you had Hunty. I remember Hunty was a great lad as well. Yeah, Stephen Hunt. Yeah. Um, so really close with now he's probably not going to get a better drinking partner than him you'll know I mean? <laughs> yeah. so go you'll see anyone through and uh, kind of had some great nights out it's great for us because obviously we'd usually go out in Birmingham wouldn't we yeah. Wolverhampton is not renowned for its nightlife no so one the really the Wolves lads wouldn't go out on Wolves they'd go no never I, I've never oh, been out in Wolverhampton I haven't what? you might have done as a kid but I never did because maybe 16, 17 year old but yeah. not so 10 years oh. you, ne- you never, didn't go out no, on I've Wolves. still never been out in Wolves but no one really wants to come back to Shrewsbury either. So <laughs> that's, that's offensive yeah. to our Shrewsbury. Um, but everyone, yeah, we always went out of Birmingham. And obviously, Keems is a local lad from Birmingham. He used to sort the night. Did you sort you sort a long time, mate. You were the you man, Keems. There used to be a little nod, little nod at the Keems, door. Yeah. Yeah. You stick with Keems. So any, oh, yeah. any, yeah. any little bit of bother. Just where, where's Keems? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Your Keems is shouting. I'm a little bit of bother, yeah. Keems. You're that man. Keems. You're that man. I was like his shadow on a night. Yeah, it was I'm with Keems. I'm with Keems. Yeah, I was um, yeah, parted a little bit. Yeah, I had, I had, I had a bit of fun and uh, kind of. I wouldn't say I took everyone by the wing or anything like that, but I was just local and I don't well local. Yeah, I don't think anyone was as local. As you me, could get so the lads in Spearman Rhinos, is that what we're seeing? Spearman was quite tough to get into. Actually. <laughs> 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 Legs one, eleven or something. Yeah, anyway, down the arcade, I could sort out. Yeah, but yeah, we had some we had some fun nights. Um, 
remember me and Silva had a we had a right go for probably about two or three months. Like and we was we was at it. Um probably every <laughs> every other weekend or whatever. We kind of we had our own section. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we, we can't. We, we didn't book it, but if we turned up, we. Yeah. You can't sit there. You can't, you can't, you can't sit there, mate. That's yeah. yeah. Kim's and, uh, silver. That's our spot. Yeah, we just, it was just too much, mate, to be honest. But uh, yeah, we had we had some fun, and I was just sort of thinking about tours that we've done in Scotland and Ireland. Oh, I remember pre-season trips. Out. Is that you mentioned this, David? Yeah, about is this, is, is this out under Mick? Is this under Mick? Well, you always used to take us to Ireland, didn't you? Always. Do you remember I told these boys about when Fletch jumped out of our? Was you there when yeah, Fletch yeah, jumped yeah, out of yeah, our yeah. window? Was that Solback on that was when it? I think. Yeah, under Solback and that was later on, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember um, Fletch jumped out the window and we just all walked down the stairs. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's what Fletch be doing. Yeah. It's brilliant though. We used to. Is that so, Steve so, Fletcher? Yes. Yeah, so on the on the on like one of the last nights, Mick would say we can go out for some drinks, but there's a yeah. curfew. But we'd be on the bus on the way back, oh, and somebody yeah. would just text Mick, wouldn't they? Say, can we stay out? And then he would just he must around. love it. He just turn around and he'd be like. Right, you can have till one o'clock. Because he, look, yeah. he loves it as well. Of course he, does. he loves it. The boys would come back to the hotel at one, show their face, and then straight out through the fire exit. <laughs> back out. Back out there. Taxi's yeah. lined up. Isn't it? <laughs> Tell the taxi driver, keep, keep it running, mate. Keep it running. I'm just going to talk in with a gaffer, yeah. yeah. All right, he says footballers aren't clever, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, there very strategic. There was like a terrorist cell, weren't there? I think it was yeah. like me, uh, Edo Steers, Sylvan, and then... Um, Maybe a couple more as well. So we just kind of have a word and just crew. plan our escape out. Maybe someone's window and then uh, we'd be gone. Yeah. So we'd always find a way. I remember in, uh, I think it was in Scotland the one year. I can't remember if we went through, might have been Looms' window. Loom, he was a master, remember that? Yeah, yeah. Who's big, that? big Chris Alumo. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It was his first trip with us on it. And I think I remember trying to. St- Remember sneaking out, but we, he, he got caught going in because he was just that messy. I think. Yeah, <laughs> he was just that bad. And he's massive as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, you had to yeah. carry. Did you have yeah, to carry? Yeah, 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 I had to help carry him. him. Yeah, had to carry him. Yeah, it took about eight of you. The big lump, like so. Um, yeah, we'd always find a, always find a way out, no matter what. We'd always find a way to to get. Till three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I think Mick, like if you're Mick McCarthy as well, like, yeah, a little bit. I know you're, you're buzzing, you know, you're like it's disrespectful to the manager, but a little bit. You're just expecting. You're not really that bothered. Obviously, yeah, you can't be bothered. You've done all that. No, we had managers later on, didn't we? Who definitely didn't want us to go out. And yeah. They wouldn't have oh, expected right. it. But, but we've spoken, still, haven't we, and said how it's evolved, doesn't it? Like we're pretty unanimous that we we believe like that team spirit having a night yeah. out, a tour. We because obviously the, the era, especially me and Sam, it's it was all that. It was like yeah. you know team camaraderie and that, but. It's like you say, Mick McCarthy, I would expect him to be like that. And it's brilliant that the lad sent a text and showed their faces. Yeah. And he, he probably knew you were going at the, the fire exit. We'd be, probably... we'd be on the bus, mate, and the back of us like, super, super, <laughs> Mick, super, super, <laughs> Mick. Turn to his assistant and go, I think the lads have had a beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he'd be disappointed. He'd probably yeah. think, if it, what, what happened if the lad beat the kids? I'd be disappointed if the lads don't break the kids yeah. a few yeah. later. Yeah. Yeah. Lads, like, I, I reckon he knew you were going at the fire exit. But, but what we're saying is there, like you say, as managers came in, you're saying that they, they weren't overly keen and then we have the Different the podcast with Connor Cody and Connor's like, Yeah, obviously it can't happen. Like, you know, the levels yeah, that they're yeah. going to now is it's I suppose it is it is different. I, suppose, I think more the fact they're gonna get caught in there now because yeah. everyone's got a camera that's phone the, where yeah, people yeah. weren't I think, really I think that's the that. biggest problem yeah. that they're worried about how it looks for everyone but else. I think um yeah, I think Kenny didn't like it. Kenny didn't like it at all. Like, yeah, yeah, Kenny was just anti it. But I think that was maybe because he came when the kind of Roger Johnson Thing happened and yeah, the club was in a bad of, place, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't was it, a great was place. Johnson thing. <laughs> yeah, I think he'd went out on a night out, but I think the I don't know if the days got mixed up. I think it got blew out of. I think it was more. It got blew out of proportion. I think because I don't think the way he got told it happened. It actually yeah. happened. I think he did come in. No, it was when we got relegated from the Premier League, wasn't yeah. it? We were going for a bad time, and T- Terry Connor just taken the job. 
and Roger had been out. Where have we trained? Have been out it got winded being out somehow, but yeah. it got blown. But everyone, ev- Paul, ev- everyone Paul thought. Paul Merson commented on it, didn't he, on Soccer Saturday and said something like, oh, I know people, like, you shouldn't be doing it. Then someone said, I know Paul, people might say, oh, Merson, you, you used to do it, but Merson went, but that was a better player than him or something like that. It was some comment on yeah, Soccer Saturday. Yeah, it just, it? for some reason, it, it got out and the fans were yeah, already pissed off and this kind of tipped it over the edge it was something that wasn't it wasn't good but I don't think it was as it's bad bad as it was it kind of got made out and Rodgers wasn't particularly liked was he by the fans and probably inside the club by a lot of people he's a bit of a diffi- difficult character though isn't he he is yeah I really you like Roger well. yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get on with Roger really well he's, but he's just uh, he's just different man he's different kind of came I think him coming in and taking the captaincy of Cole which was a yeah, Cole the, Henry probably yeah. sort of Everyone's back up a little bit, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it weren't, it weren't a good start to, to the season. Because things like that, when, when you're winning games, you get away with things like that, don't you? You get away with, oh yeah, you've been caught on a night out, got in at 12 or whatever. But when, it, like you say, when the club's not in a good place, those things are just like escalated, aren't they? Yeah, so I think, and then you kind of got Raju's kind of come on a big price tag and you see down south, so you're all a little bit cockier anyway. Don't know what you mean? Don't know what you mean? And yeah, I think maybe pe- people couldn't really gel to him really and... I think at the time ruffled a few feathers and around the club and maybe the, the fans maybe expected more at the time. He, he'll tell you yourself, he probably didn't play as great with football at Wolves and this didn't go well. And I think that's kind of where it's not his fault that he went down, but just these, the dynamics of the change room just started to change and we started to lose games and things just weren't kind of working. And then we were just in a bit of a bad place really. And then Kenny took, took charge really. And although, um, it seemed radical, some of the things he'd done. He kind of probably was right in the end because we ended up just sort of storming the league and probably brought a bit of belief and kind of brought the fans kind of back on side to us. I remember one of Kenny Jacker, he, he came in the following, we'll touch on your loans in a second, Carl, but we, he came in that following season after a double relegation and changed the club from top to bottom, got rid of loads of players, some a little bit. It was unfortunate, yeah, wasn't it? But he was just trying to get roles and stuff. Just like trying to get the wage bill down. Like yeah. me and Keems are safe because we just compared to the lads. Yeah, so the people who went on a lot of money. Yeah, I remember his, one of his first meetings. He said, "I'm going to make a challenge to you boys," and everyone's kind of listening. He goes, "Can you boys not touch alcohol till you're 45?" And everyone's just looked at each other like, what the hell's he on about? And everyone's kind of just nodding like, yeah, he says, alcohol can do no good. Do not touch it till you... And we're like 45 is such yeah. a random yeah. number, wasn't it? Thinking as if everyone was going to play there. But he had that mentality, didn't he, that nothing... This was his big chance of Wolves. Nothing was going to get in the way. Yeah. Banned yeah, any sort was, of nights out, anything like really? that. It was strict, wasn't it? I remember it? him saying, oh, you need to be like a monk. Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking... No, I'm definitely not that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I try my best. Like, and maybe, maybe it lasted three or four weeks. Yeah, but, um, yeah it, it, as you said, it was his kind of big chance. I think it, big opportunity for Wolves. I think he'd done well at Millwall and big opportunity. He could, I think he could see that. He could see a double uh, promotion. And yeah. Probably well, weren't, too, weren't too far off from getting yeah. it, to be honest. So even though, again, all, all managers are different, I, I kind of I did enjoy playing under Kenny. I think we played some really good football at the time. And, yeah. It was a sort of similar sort of vibe and atmosphere to the sort of uh, our other promotion. We'll hold that thought. We'll come on to that in a bit. No, no one was texting Kenny Jacket and saying, no. did he want Kenny Jacket? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think anyone had Kenny in <laughs> no. That was the actual dare, wasn't it? The dare yeah. was to text yeah. Text, text <laughs> Joe Gall- I remember Joe Gallen. You'd always try and work Joe and Joe was wicked as He's well. Kenny's assistant. Yeah, He's yeah, great, assistant. great guy, Joe is. And then you'd always try and 
sort of Bill him. Kenny out through Joe and he just kind of says you went on some uh, massive clubs Carl what was your favourite that you went on loan I think uh, the best two times I had was uh, QPR and Middlesbrough who was, was my QPR manager at the time then uh, we had well Paul Hart signed me but I never played for him oh. and then we had Mick Alford. Mick Alford. Yeah, Mick Alford. And tough bloke him. Gav's a big tough bloke. Gav's man. a big QPR fan. Yeah, tough bloke, man. Good guy, man. Good Take guy. no nonsense. Yeah. Um, and oh, in the space wow. of three months. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, pretty, yeah. That's but, a right little mix, that isn't it? That's some big, big characters yeah, there. I had, well. some, uh, had Rousey was a Rousey, the goalkeeper coach at the time. I really enjoyed playing for. It was like the uh, sort of Italian era. So I had Eccleston uh, yeah. and. Um, uh, but all the yeah. there was all the chefs were Italian, so the food was ten out of ten. We'd yeah. gone from like eating j- Eric's dry chicken at <laughs> to like sort of sea bass with like, yeah. oil and, like the order getting like, beat soon at home, and you're like fresh. brilliant, can't wait to get to the restaurant. Yeah, man. these fresh pastas and stuff like that after training. So it was a uh, it was it was it was a good experience, man. I really enjoyed it. It's a great club QPR is um, correct. Really, really enjoyed <laughs> playing for them and some sort of good people around the, around the club. The, the club was a bit of a mess at the time yeah um, I remember kind of losing and kind of Eccleston coming into the change room and he'd be like saying sort of being to the lads sort of talking about the gaffer saying he ain't got a fucking clue <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like oh, what chance have you got yeah. there yeah. Yeah. but we had like players like um, Adele Tourette oh what a yeah, player yeah what a footballer but right, yeah just difficult but to play with yeah, he's, got be he's got to be one of the best you've ever played of his oh, life it's unbelievable like done things really arrogant <laughs> um, but you want to kill him but if he scores yeah, he a winner you're like I'm going to smash his face and I am after the game but he scores a winner and put it top corner yeah. but it was um, I don't think anyone got hold of him really he kind of just because he was that good he kind of got let to do what he wanted yeah. and I think as soon as someone got hold of him I think then QPR went up it was, uh, it was a difficult time sort of around QPR but I really enjoyed my stay there and then Middlesbrough kind of loved being at Middlesbrough did you live in Middlesbrough? yeah Oh, oh, that's oh, a, uh, uh, oh, it was just that's like yeah. Well, no one, no one lives in middle, no one lives in Middlesbrough. If you sign for Middlesbrough, <laughs> when they used to sign Tyler Saint Jean, you know, like there's all these rumours that they wouldn't, they wouldn't take them in the Middlesbrough, would they? Because they would never yeah. have signed. Show around Newcastle. Show around Newcastle and Durham and Yarm. You don't take them to Middlesbrough. Yeah. You go to Middlesbrough. No one signing. Yeah, the missus isn't coming to Middlesbrough. I loved it up there though. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think Tony Mowbray was in charge at the time. Oh yeah. Remember. A good guy, Tony Mowbray. Yeah, a lot of good really teams. Good guy, yeah, really good guy. Really good uh, manager as well. We played. I think he's just more interested in possessions stuff like that. So yeah. we we were, we were flying at the time. I think we were top of the league or in the top two. Things were going well for me, and I, and uh, I ended up probably got injured again, and ended up coming back to Wolves. So, um, but I really enjoyed my time there. And you, you did Leicester as well, didn't you? So when you was at Leicester, was it? It wasn't the same owners that are there now. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. the same owners. Yeah, it's, yeah. I think like, they've I've, just I've, taken over. I've heard the most amazing stuff. Like, unfortunately. Rest in peace. The the main guy is gone now, isn't he? But I've heard the most amazing stories about them being the the best owners as a footballer at a football club. Yeah. If they're your owners, it is like yeah. Like I wasn't obviously there for long, but um, it was weird. Leicester didn't kind of go the way I wanted to, and I thought he would because I actually was staying at home. So I thought, brilliant. I don't need to stay in like a hotel or bed and breakfast. I can stay yeah. at home and travel. And I can't remember the first game. Um, I think it was um, Souza, Paulo Souza. I think I think he was QPR manager for a little bit as well. Maybe Swansea. Yeah, yeah. And um, I remember going in, training Thursday, Friday, felt razor sharp in training, kind of felt like ready to go. I kind of remember going into the change room and 
looking at the shirts and then I think it was um, Logan and who's the other goalkeeper and then the, the goalkeeper the other players were out around there and I thought that's a bit weird maybe he just sits there yeah. I didn't think nothing of it <coughs> and then I uh, kind of got called oh, you're not playing today and I'm like what have I come here for yeah like, I, I, come, I come to play yeah, so I, don't, if I wanted to be on the bench, I'd stay at Wolves and watch. And then I ended up playing uh, get a few games and bit bitty really. I kind of didn't go as well as I'd, I'd hoped really. But the yeah, the owners are fantastic though. Like and I mean, they, we went to Thailand in. Dave did mention that to me off air, but I'm not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we went to Thailand in the I think it was an international break. And yeah, treat like royalty in Thailand. Yeah, though. royalty. Yeah. Like they give you sort of money. Duty free at the airport, but duty free's got like That's Gucci and everything in it. Yeah, yeah like all the boys buy them, buy them Rolexes yeah. and that. <laughs> 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 you, like cleared your room bills and stuff like that. And I remember silly I remember money I had there. Had a suit. Yeah. I remember got a suit made in uh, Thailand. It was quite cheap because obviously Thailand's cheap. But they just cleared your suit. Still got the suit. Suit, suit's unbelievable. Wore it for his wedding. Yeah, but yeah, they were, they were really good. And I think you could see that they'd take off eventually. I think just they just needed to find the sort of. Like yeah, extra to kind of yeah. do it really, but they were always on the vid. They're always going to do something. Obviously, I wish it kind of went, but I ended up getting injured and sort of having to have shoulder surgery. But it kind of didn't go. It's weird that the one place I thought would go really well because I could actually stay at home. Yeah, it seems perfect. Didn't really quite go the way I actually wanted it. You got you got another chance then at Wolves coming back, but obviously we touched on before the club was in a difficult place, so we'd been relegated from the Premier League. But you played quite a bit in the following season, yeah. didn't you? Where we got relegated again, but Stoller Solbakken and Dean Saunders. Yeah. Obviously good for you that you're playing, but it was tough. It was, yeah, it was strange really, because it was probably my first season of actually feeling like number one at Wolves, like out and out. And um, actually felt like Percy on a personal level and I was doing really well. Um, but we started off pretty well and then it kind of deteriorated towards Christmas and then sort of, could kind of see it leaking inside internally. You could see it leaking with sort back in, even though I think if he stayed, I, I don't think he would have went down. I think we would have, I don't think we could have drawn games, but I think we could have, we could have, we might have wiped the team out. And yeah. Then we, I think any tough game we would have lost. When did he go, Kims? Uh, I remember looting away. January. Uh, yeah, it? January. The, was it the FA Cup looting away? Was you, did you play that game? No, I was injured at the time. I remember uh, Kevin Foley's sort of homecoming. Yeah, yeah. Looting legend. <laughs> yeah, looting, yeah they loved him. Yeah, look, yeah, look, they did love him that day. Because <laughs> uh, I remember uh, sort of he was in the corner right back and then I remember he, he went to clear one but he looped it back into the box. One of the best crosses you'll ever see. <laughs> <laughs> looped it back into that box and then I think or something along those lines give it to Luton and they've scored. And uh, when you're on the pitch, you just think, this is going to be tough, man, today. Like, you kind of have that feeling. Well, and you Luton, know Luton would have been, on. what, League 2 then? Uh, yeah, league, maybe yeah. League 2, yeah. What's in the, it's in the FA Cup? In the FA Cup, and you kind of, I remember, I think Horrible. we were sitting on the bus, and I think we, I don't know if we knew on the bus that he was gone. Yeah, he got, he got sacked straight away, didn't he? Yeah, and yeah, it was, it was tough. I, I think his training, I think you could tell he knew he was a good coach, but I think he's more of a European star don't think he respected the championship really at all he just thought we could kind of play through lines and stuff like that where yeah, kind of sort out. of said hold this high line I remember playing Leeds away first game did you play that game yeah, yeah. So yeah hold, hold the line yeah hold the line and it's just like channel, channel. Oh, the high line <laughs> is getting, yeah. getting in for fun yeah, on the yeah, side yeah. he was showing us he was he just come from Copenhagen and all pre-season he just showed us the same video over and over again when Copenhagen played Barcelona in the Champions League yeah. Yeah. and it's all like their shape moving nice and compact yeah. all around the pitch Leads away first game. <laughs> Boom in the chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's Becky. I think he was just he yeah, right, yeah. as well. He's a good player, weren't he? Yeah. Um, and and then, Dino came in though. Yeah, then Dino come in, but I'd had Dino because Dean was at Stockport. 
You told us. I know. Doncaster, sorry, Dean. Yeah. So I'd, 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 he's I'd a good think. character. You played on the Dean, don't you? I played on the Dean. He's mentally yeah, brilliant, so. like, but obsessed, like, and amazing. People think he's just a joker, but he was obsessed with football. He was so like diligent with everything. He's crazy. How would, would you find him anyway? Yeah, maybe not as good as you. <laughs> I didn't see he was good. I just thought he was he was like uh, like crazy. You know what, the way I um, went to Doncaster, but Doncaster was another kind of mess at the time, to be honest. And that was probably one of the most difficult changes I've been in, really, because we'd had like El Adjuf and um, I can't remember a, a few nice other lad, players yeah. from from decent clubs People at the time come to Doncaster, but they were coming in like on a Friday, training Friday, playing Saturday, and then like, you'd never see him join the rest, rest of the week. Dean kind of had to try and keep them sort of happy to kind of keep them there. But then you could have had sort of John Astor and a few other the sort of local yeah, lads. Yeah. They were obviously getting the ump, right, rightly so. Yeah. So um, it was a, it was a mess at the time and it's just a bit of a shambles. And I don't know, maybe not entirely Dean's fault, but I just kind of remember being there and just, sort of him coming to Wolves and people asking me what it's like and I'm thinking fucking hell we're <laughs> fucked <laughs> uh, but, uh, but again it, it was I actually really liked Dean as a person uh, yeah. but I just can't I found it difficult to work with him because it was quite erratic at times and I'm not an erratic person I like structure so it just didn't mix well with my personality. I think some people can go with the flow, and he's a funny. He's funny. Yeah, as anything, he's funny, like, but he's yeah. emotional, isn't he? Like, yeah, some he's brilliant. Like, he's brilliant. In room, but like, he would do it with us. We'd get off the bus, and he'd like it'd be like half eleven on the Saturday night, and he'd go right. See you tomorrow, lads. Ten o'clock. And it's like you'd be like, what? Like it's Sunday, isn't it? Then I'd be like ringing. I'd be ringing Holly, going, yeah, cancel lunch tomorrow. Like I'm training at eleven, like ten o'clock, and that. He's like, kind of done that kind of. At- training as well so we'd kind of be ready to go out it might be 10 o'clock quarter past 10 I'd been in the gym warming up and then yeah. gets to quarter past 10 back to walk out meeting I've gone stiff again in the meeting yeah. and then yeah. having to go and train and it's yeah, just no, some of his meetings were golden though yeah oh, it, funny it depends on what you like if you like that structure and you want that organised and you're preparing yourself a huge club like Wolves yeah though. yeah. I mean well that's different, different yeah. it was a big role for him at the time wasn't it? that was his moment wasn't it I think and it's different different people isn't it it's, e- it's the egos and it's the bigger bigger people isn't it the better players it's hard to, like, I was at Wrexham so it's, it's easier then isn't it because you've got younger lads and it's all a bit different isn't it if you're wolves doing that lads aren't having it yeah i think i think a lot of the lads liked him i didn't dislike him i just just didn't like working with him yeah um they like the same even though we had a bit of a fallout at the time i don't it wasn't i didn't dislike it i just didn't like working with him even just the fact that we remember, remember about to go training at um at compton and then before we're about to go out we're going to my new trying to get to my new i just started warming up like training's done fucking joking me <laughs> like, just started to get warm. Like, I need to train. I've got a game tomorrow. And it's just them sort of things that kind of wound me up. And someone who likes structure, there's any structure to what was the, What was the big fallout then? Yeah, so uh, another sort of training method was to sort of, would play out from the back and we'd make a pass here, make a pass there, then we'd be through because he'd scored 20 goals at Doncaster like that, which kind of didn't work at Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit hard <laughs> yeah, to do yeah, that. Yeah. Um, so he kind of, I remember sort of saying to him that, trying to play out from the back and I don't think anyone was comfortable doing it in all honesty no, we're, we're, in a, we're in a bad spot and when you're, when you're, you're asked to play out and the, the crowd were ready to turn as, brave, soon, as soon as we got out on that pitch they were ready to they were waiting for one bad thing and then they would turn so imagine are you, are you sitting in that number four position at the no, moment no I'm number eight I'm oh, you're, like, gone, <laughs> you're gone full back gets the ball and he can just see number yeah, eight yeah. Dave where are you going <laughs> but you, there's lads who had to like go and receive the ball in the bottom do you know what I mean yeah. it's just I remember nervous, um, I, remember nervous. Was, I remember playing Leeds at home and um, 
he was always like, if, if anything happens, it's me. It's, it's on me. I was like, and I, I remember playing one to Jamie O'Hara. Uh, we were playing Leeds. And I remember he wrapped one in, wrapped one on my left foot, like in my goal, like sort of knee height. And I was met, dealt with it. Don't need that in, yeah. in the middle of the box. Yeah. I remember saying to Pat after, what the fuck don't, is that, man? Like, if that. something happens there, it's going to be me. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't want to play that pass. I know it's not on. Yeah. Went to Bristol. Obviously, I'm not telling you about these things that kind of happen in the background. So I'm kind of wasn't happy. And at the time, I probably took things personally that was happening in the club as well. I think there's probably a group of us Edo, that it wasn't. We couldn't just leave the results and then just go back to our families. It just did really did affect Hurt us. More, yeah, yeah, yeah. That it bit really more bothered us like and that. Yeah, so I, t- I was taking things personally at the club that was going on. And uh, we played Bristol City away. No, played a ball into Dave. Is it home? Davis. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, home. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, played ball into Dave Davis and he's he's hit one back to me. It was like a spinning, like it was a shame ball. Hospital pass, mate. Yeah, hospital yeah. pass. And I uh, remember thinking, I was like, he came back to me, I was like, I don't know if to need this or go over my foot, like, and that, or do something I didn't do either. And it kind of just <laughs> went through me. And uh, obviously, pissed off, and uh, I don't go, go into half time one nil down. I don't need to get told about that. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, you, like, you know you've messed it up. Don't say you've made a mistake. I know I've made a mistake. Yeah, so I've come into the change room and then Dean starts having a go at me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, I can't remember the exact exchange. I remember throwing my water bottle across at the room towards him, um, yeah. and then kind of having a kind of having a go at him. Um, him having a go back, uh, and then sort of really he was, he was get got heated in the change room. Sort of yeah. got split apart, maybe for our own look, best look, interest. Lucky for Dean, that, yeah, lucky for Dean, he's interest. got split up because um, he's not a fighter. And I remember he? just being, I remember sort of being that frustrated. We had a tactics board. Uh, in the change room, and then I just remember just punching the, the taxis board, but I didn't realise it had a taxis board. Was like the um, so it's like what, a, the A board, you know, the ones yeah. you flip over, yeah, yeah. But I didn't realise it had a thick metal bar running straight through the middle of it, but I've hit oh. it straight bang in the middle. I couldn't have hit it any better. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I remember going into the chain toilet. I was actually crying because I was like really emotional, like and I was upset, man, like angry, with t- like tears of anger. Yeah, and then. Uh, Sort of after a couple of minutes, kind of settled down, and then my hand was throbbing. And I sort of took my glove off, and then my hand was kind of out here. And then um, went to put my, put my glove back on to go see the doctor. Um, and uh, I remember going to see the doc, showing him, and he's like, You need to go straight to hospital. You could be clotted, a flow issue there. And I remember leaving the change room. I think someone told my dad that he'd been kicking off in the change room, so my dad's waiting for me. <laughs> ready, ready to kill oh, someone? Uh, no, he was like, What are you doing, son? And I was just like, fuck off, dad, I don't need this now. Like, yeah, and yeah. I have an argument with my dad on the way out yeah. as well. And kind of, we both went to hospital, both calmed down and out for three months, man. I was just oh. like... I'll give, I'll give you my, my, my version Go of that as well. <laughs> Love it. So you're, I, the, you're the dress So, this. well, I had to... Stephen Hunt pulled his hamstring after about 20 minutes. Yeah. Right. That, goal, that goal <laughs> happened. I broke my metatarsal just before after. We made two subs already. And I'm in oh, the... So this is hot. This, this is half time. So I'm in the, the treatment room walls, which is like next to the dressing room but then there's toilets and showers around the back so you can kind of do a big loop around mm. and I'm the doctor's treating me and we hear all this this shouting Keems and Dino going at each other and you're a massive yeah. <laughs> shit what's happened there kind of forget about it all quiet doctors kind of move my foot around and yeah I think it's broke things like that yeah. all of a sudden Keems walks in for the other side Doc, can you have a, a quick look at this one? Forget this half time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Forget this half time. And he, mate, you had your hand over your other hand yeah. on top of it and he took your hand away, mate, and you could just see it's just stuck up. He's and everyone's like, what the, what the fuck have you done, Keems? Yeah. And he's like, I punched the tactics board. And he said, well, that's not hard. He goes, no, I must have caught something. But the doc straight away goes, 
that's that's broken definitely you can see the bone gone wow. then the doc the poor doc had to go back into dino <laughs> and say um edo's broke his foot i think hunty's hamstring's done and we need to make another change <laughs> he's like what he goes oh, no. he's like keems has broke his hand and dino's oh, what the no. fuck? Yeah, yeah, I don't know who came on for you, but um, I can't remember. It might be Doris. Yeah, but somehow we won. We, we won that game yeah, two one. Yeah, like, I know, I know. Wow. I remember being in the hospital, and then Self texts me. I think Self scored twice. Yeah, he's like, "Yeah, brother, don't worry about it, man. Sorted it's it. Yeah. <laughs> boxed it off. Yeah, boxed it off, man. I was like, "Yeah, wicked, man." But I've just uh, it was just difficult because I knew I had to go back in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and face kind of Dean. Yeah, so not, we not spoke. He, obviously, he didn't call me after the game and. So I weren't going to call him or anything yeah. like that as well. So but I don't know if I had surgery the next day or the day after and then told me to have a few days off and that's coming towards. And I remember going in, I think he's going to, I thought he's going to fire me now. I ain't getting fired. Like, so I'm ready to go in. Ready to go again. Yeah, 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 with your man. pumped up. But uh, he didn't, man. He was, he was, he was sound. He was just scared had of a you, conversation. <laughs> yeah, we had a conversation. He kind of, um, I think he, in a weird way, I don't condone it. I always learned after that, but I think he knew I cared. And I yeah. think everyone kind of knew that I cared around me, even like the fans, like it, they were, it was a bit frustrating, but I think in a weird way, I think they kind of loved me for it at the same time because I yeah. said that I was actually bothered about what was going on at the time and having a conversation and he didn't fire me, thank God, because this didn't want to have another argument about it. And um, I kind of remember having, I think I had a bit of time off and we went down in the end. I think we were got on the way to honest, yeah. but I don't think, I think I remember Silver got, Sil broke his <laughs> leg up blues and then that was just done then. Yeah. I think Silver was our only sort of, Glimmer at hope because he started caught fire. Started scoring goals. Yeah, he caught fire and um, got a few results here and there. As soon as he got injured, we were kind of done. Kind of come towards the end of the season. And uh, to be honest, unfortunately for Dean, if Dean didn't go, I knew I was going. So I was kind of grateful that he did go in the end and fresh start kind of came. As you got older then, Carl, so you become a bit of a leader in the group then. You're not a young lad anymore. How how was that then? How did you enjoy Did you enjoy being a leader? It was good, man. We had some, like, we had some good characters. Um, sort of, we had... Obviously, Edo, me and Edo got on really well. Steers as well, was another great lad. And uh, Danny Bath, kind of, Danny Bath was young, but he was an older head. So yeah, we kind of had younger. a good sort of small group of us who kind of would really kind of get older change room and sort of took pride in what was going on in like, what people didn't see really and kind of had a big influence on things that needed to change within the club and uh, sort of attitudes. If training wasn't going right, have a discussion within the change room if needed. If some of the young players weren't pulling their pulling their weight, we'd have the discussion and you'd start managing. Try and sort. We'd manage it within the within the change room, really. Great time, really. Great and, time. and this some is the thirteen fourteen League One season where you broke through, Keem. So, yeah. like, like Sam just said there, you know, you break through. You now become a man away from a graduate. Kenny Jacket comes in. Joe Gallen. You know, like you say, you're you're now being a part of like almost like a senior leadership team within within the players. Yeah, it was um, it was good. We ended up getting promoted, which actually seemed, if you look at back, it looks like we just romped it, but it wasn't that easy, was it? Oh, we had adversities, didn't we? Yeah. First half of the season. Yeah, it was a tough season, really, and kind of, we're playing good football. We had some good lads, like Pricey as well came through. That was Pricey's breakthrough, yeah. Kev Mack came through, and he was brilliant that season. Um, Dicko came, Bennett the year after, possibly. Yeah, James um, Emery. Them James sort of Henry, Henry, yeah. Uh, a great lad. He got, we chucked him in the pond in Cork. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we had some we had some really good lads, some good players as well. Just started to play good football. Even the year we went up into the championship, we're playing really good football in the championship, and still think to this day if we made the champ, if we made the playoffs, I think we would have went up because we just had the momentum. But 
yeah, it was it was a good time under Kenny. He's he's got his own tendencies, and he's a bit strange at times. Not in a bad way. I really like Kenny, um, but he has his methods in football, and he's um, very kind of OCD. Where I think he's very like, strict, like by the book. It's this way. And it was a good fit at the time, though, wasn't it? But really good. Yeah, needed at Wolves, and he was just kind of start of the turnaround. Kenny was, and really, I look back on it. It's probably some of the sort of best times playing. Really, like uh, yeah, definitely. I think little bit older as well so you feel the, don't feel the pressure as much and uh you kind of was at an age where we were kind of reading a lot weren't we remember yeah. school bringing started, all of us started that viewers reading before that you was probably reading before <laughs> I, I never read as much of a reader but um all sort of starting to sort of talk about things and sort of starting to mature and good culture find, a, that, yeah. find a better way yeah. better way just in life spiritually and everything like that i remember sort of all going a kind of journey like doing yoga and that so we were all at a different age and all kind of trying to pass that experience onto the change room, so it was just a, a, a good, a good time in the career. It's good if you've got ex senior players like that in your dressing room, though, isn't it? You know, trying to do the right things and trying to improve themselves. Brilliant, that is fair play. Well, it's a far cry from what you were saying about the Paul Inces of this world and Alex Ray's. You know, they're not doing yoga, are they? And reading books. So, like you say, football evolves, doesn't it? And you mature, and like you say, that I think. I think me and Carl spoke about it a lot. I think we felt a huge responsibility, didn't we? Because the club had been through so much shit and the dress room was so bad. And then all of a sudden we were still young lads, but we had no old, I, I was one of the oldest. Yeah, Sam Ricketts came in, but after that yeah. I was 27, 28, and I was one of the oldest. Keeps yeah, was yeah. a year below me. Yeah. And all of a sudden we're the senior people in the dress room. And with that come a lot of responsibility, but I think we, we, we loved it, didn't we? Yeah, huge, definitely. Yeah, big football club. And we're kind of the... Me, me, guys, you need to sort out. Turn into men as well, yeah. then, didn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I think we had all, we all had different sort of levels of experience, different sort of ways around us. I think Edo was someone who was not quiet, as in like, not quite quiet, like he'd always talk to everyone, but yeah. diff- not as loud as the other lads. And if something needed to say, something he'd need to say. It. And he was like, very experienced, played a lot of games for Wales, yeah. and just sort of someone. If you look at like, look at what Edo's doing every day, if you're a younger lad, you've got you've got to copy that because yeah. he's a leading example of what a pro is. And yeah. I think a lot of us just kind of were doing being good pros and sort of expecting the same from the younger lads really and when they didn't do it one of us would let them know that they yeah. need to do more that's not the standard Culture. we expect yeah. at Wolves yeah. Yeah. a little bit here we can imagine <laughs> yeah. so, you, so you got Walter Zenger in Zenger, yeah. so, so you so must you have been buzzing as a keeper as a keeper you must be thinking fucking hell I've got, at least I've got a keeper who's going to start because I know what manager I don't think like. it's like that you know so when, when you get a goalkeeper as a manager you um, you kind of you end up Thinking, is he going to compare me to him? Because he was a legend, wasn't he? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You're not as good as me. Go, no, but yeah, no, yeah. no shit. Well, you know <laughs> don't, don't dive like that. Dive like this. And yeah. it's just like sort of thinking. He changed I, the colour of your tops. Did he? Do you remember? Yeah, you boys all trained in red because he wanted the goalkeepers in different colours. Oh, he? yeah. He used to do that, yeah. It was strange. Sense, <laughs> yeah, it does make sense. It yeah. was strange, but I, I didn't I didn't mind him. You know. I thought he was, I liked, he was such a nice guy, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Good guy. Like, and lovely, it was just, lovely guy. Person. He's a different culture to kind of what we'd, we'd used to because, say, we, had, we came from Mick. Well, for, say, for me, like Dave Jones, Mick, yeah. Kenny. Yeah. Sort of them sort of managers, weren't it? Where sort of all come in like Italian, like uh, Andrea. I wanted to hug you all the time. Yeah, Andrea sort of come in with the finest Italian suit you've ever seen. Look, in your look life. the bollocks. Yeah, yeah. Look the Dave, bollocks, when you yeah. spoke about how he came down when he signed, did he come down in that, that clobber? I mean, yeah. Half time, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Linen shirt on, mate. Yeah, yeah. All the lads just like that. You look amazing. Don't know what he's going to be like as a manager, but I love him. Yeah, Rosemary's like. Uh, s- cigarette Gorgeous. like smoking yeah so, yeah like these little tiny circle glasses yeah it was uh, I, 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 I like water but I think I think maybe his schedules killed him really looking at because he 
sort of every day. It's a European thing, wasn't it? Every day, European but you, I think it's, it's, I think it's, it is an Italian thing. I think mm, sort of true. when I went away with Nigeria and stuff, we had a few lads that were playing in Italy, and they were kind of they were in they were not in camps for months. Um, Carl, tell us about uh, playing representing Nigeria. How did that come about? Um, so I was, I was, uh, I remember. I think it was Wednesday. We were, uh, we were off. Pretty sure it was Wednesday, and uh, I had a, I had a, I think I had a voice message, and the guy, it was uh, the guy, it was Sunday, Lisa, but um, the guy was sort of left a voice message saying, asking what if my, I was interested in playing for Nigeria. I did get called up, I think, when I was twenty or twenty-one. How are you uh, eligible to play for Nigeria? My dad's from Nigeria, oh, right. so my whole my dad came over to Nigeria when he was seventeen, I think. Um, so I've got a lot of Nigerian family kind of in London. Um, so I had a, I got called up when I was 20 or 21 but I was injured at the time so I couldn't go in Bertie Vokes just in anyone who was Nigerian in in England and then just called them up I think there's about 50 people in the squad but uh, I couldn't go at that point uh, and then kind of had a remember being off on a Wednesday had a voicemail from Sunday Elise sort of talking about if he was interested in playing for Nigeria etc etc I thought that's a bit strange I think I don't, is someone trying to take the piss or something and then uh, I remember Phone call from Pat Mountain saying, I've had Nigeria on the phone um, asking if you would want to play from. I was like, Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I give Sunday a, a call back. And I think he was feeling out whether I actually had any affiliation with Nigeria or if I was just doing it career wise and kind of after, having, after speaking to him and kind of him understanding that, yeah, I was, I've been, been visited Nigeria quite a few times and as close to my family he sort of said oh, well I'll, I'll think about whether I'll pick you or not and then uh, I think it was a week later kind of got called called to the squad um, I remember going Vincent Anyama was number one at the minute it was, it was a great keeper probably Nigeria's best ever goalkeeper but maybe one of Africa's best ever goalkeeper so I was sort of thinking oh, it was going to be difficult to play but I might get a game in the, the up and coming friendly after Tanzania uh, I think something happened with Vincent. Uh, I think his mother passed away, unfortunately. And then um, I ended up playing, starting against my first game, first camp and starting uh, against Tanzania. I think remember it's drawing 0-0 and it going really well and it was roasting so hot. <laughs> so hot, man. <laughs> who's, in that, who's in that squad then? Because, I mean, they must be, they're pulling people from all over the world. And yeah, it was... Uh, so... That's way before my time. Got yourself, John Obi Mikel. Obi Mikel, yeah. Um, John Obi Mikel. Uh, I think of another old school one now. Uh, William Chuster Kong is at Watford now. Yeah. Um, and and Diddy came into the squad. Terebo West. <laughs> Back <here. laughs> um, Sort of Victor Moses. So you got some. You got some uh, good players, players then. Yeah, Galo. Yeah, we had some we had a good team. Yeah, a really good team. Uh, Nazi was at Lazio at the time. Uh, okay. Yeah, we had some um, Simon. Simon. Uh, yeah, we had we had a good. What's, squad, what's team yeah. spirit like with that then? Because you got people from like just yeah, brilliant, not, mate. Yeah, was it, was it kid, good? Mate, yeah, really, really good guys, man. Um, I think it was good because. I, I was probably 28 at the time, so I was quite comfortable in my own skin. I yeah. knew that I wasn't born in Nigeria, but I knew I had a deep affiliation with Nigeria. I'd kind of been there a few times and really close to my Nigerian side of my family, sort of here and in the States. So it, was, it was, wasn't it was like a complete culture shock from yeah. what I, because I've already witnessed the culture, but it was just kind of different because obviously there's a sort of lot of different tribes and little, little different religions as well. So we kind of, we'd say prayers before 
every training session, but one would be uh, a Muslim prayer, Christian prayer, and yeah, all just all different bits. sort of um, sort of faiths and stuff. Faiths within the same nationality, yeah. and um, it, yeah, the lads, lads are great, man. Like they'd have a prayer room before the game, so on a Friday, everyone would go into the room, sort of singing, dancing, pray, block a prayer, sort of song yeah. on a Friday night. Different, completely different. Yeah. To what goes on. <laughs> it's amazing because yeah, yeah, even different. Saying, like different different cultures, cultures, but even yeah. different, like different religions within yeah. that as well, and isn't kind it? Of People who are passionate about their religion, which you don't get, you don't get anything like that. Do yeah, you the same weird different even. religions and everything care, but it's 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 an important thing in Nigeria yeah. and kind of take it very seriously. So on the way to the game, everyone's singing. Uh, so sort of a lot of prayer songs as well, sort of singing on the way to the game. So I remember being on the coach knowing that I'm playing my first game for Nigeria and obviously it's you usually have your headphones on trying to yeah, get yeah, in the zone. Exactly, yeah. It's it's a mass it's a big footballing nation, do you know what I mean? So yeah. obviously there's a little bit nervous sort of going on. And then kind of everyone just starts singing and like it's just sort of think, well, these like don't look very nervous, do you yeah. know what I mean? So how can I be? And it kind of is it was a good way to kind of settle any nerves really going into the game because you just so, so they're showing no fear really and it, it was really a sort of different experience but I, I kind of loved any, every minute of it and I think that's my only, re, my only regret of playing football I'm kind of at peace of it now it took took a little bit of time but I, I didn't play anymore for Nigeria just qualified I started the qualifying campaign for the World Cup and I just knew we were go- I knew we were going we, we had like <coughs> Mikel and Didi Iheanacho Igalo Iwobi Victor Moses, uh, Ikang, yes. Tracy Kang, um, Balagan, who's just at Rangers now. We had a good, so good team, yeah. and, and I just knew we were going through. And then I kind of remember playing the first game. I don't know if I got injured at Blackburn, so I might have missed the following game, but I knew we were going. And then, kind of unfortunately, got ill, and mm. yeah, that and kind of didn't have the chance. So that was my only, only kind of regretting football that I didn't get to go to like a, yeah. a major tournament with Nigeria really it would be amazing so you, you had a year of Foson in charge didn't you and you felt something was happening at Wolves and obviously like you say you'd sort of broken into the, the Nigerian squad and going into pre-season you got some sort of bad news it's obviously going to change your life yeah so um, kind of Foson took over I think they took over maybe the year before um, and sort of started putting a bit of money into the club uh, don't think any I think I remember Walter Zenga coming in and it didn't quite work out, but I kind of did enjoy the time underwater. And then I think Paul Lambert come in and I really love playing for Paul. Like he's a proper sort of, he's a man's man. Really yeah, I spoke like highly about Paul yeah, Lambert. Yeah, yeah, I loved yeah. him, I did. Training methods are really good. Um, on the pitch, really good. Like I felt like you could go and talk to Paul, you can go and sit in his office and actually, I could actually say what I actually wanted to say and not have to think about what, 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 thinking oh, well, I can't quite say that or whatever you could, you could be a man with him and I really love playing for Paul and Paul got sacked so kind of going into the season I, I going into the I, I got injured at Fulham uh, away that was my kind of last game for Wolves and then kind of going I was getting fit and then Paul got sacked and I was kind of going in that start of the season sort of thinking ah oh, what's going on here like we've already had two managers this season and I, I wasn't too sure what the process I knew that they had money and I knew that they wanted to go places but they hadn't, kind of they hadn't really spent it wisely that first season no. had they apart from Helder Costa but then Nuno kind of came I think Nuno took over Nuno took over and then sort of started seeing a few changes even within the first two weeks and you're sort yeah. of thinking yeah this this I think it was, I was probably the only day a week where you could see kind of what, 
was what they were trying to implement implement and I remember sort of getting back training we had blood tests at the start of the season every year blood tests every year yeah. and um, the doctor my plate looks quite low which is a kind of blood clot it's a clotting factor doctor kind of said to me your platelets are quite low but we'll repeat the test uh, so I carried on training and I didn't feel bad in training but I just felt like something was missing I don't know if I was probably 30, 31 I don't know if I felt like my power was gone a little bit or I thought maybe I just kind of excused it as an age thing or and I'd been injured I remember just doing another session uh, <coughs> doing a, then I'd done a gym session and my nose just started bleeding and Normally I wouldn't tell the doctor because I know that he might pull me out of training, but for some reason I did tell him this time. I said, oh, like, I've just got back to the change room. My nose just started bleeding. I don't know why. Um, and and then he said, oh, well, I'll repeat the test again. Repeat the test, the same results. So we're going to have to go and see a consultant in Birmingham. So I went to see uh, Manas. He was a blood specialist at the hospital. And he sort of really enough these things. So he's like, uh, HIV, um, other things, cancer, blah, 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 and you're kind of listening, sort of fearing the worst, but thinking, no, this ain't me. Yeah. But it's weird. I knew something wasn't quite right with me, though. I don't know why. I'd, I never thought it was anything major. I kind of thought that maybe I'd kind of, do you know them sort of illnesses that um, I think Darren Fletcher had like a, an illness for a couple of months? I can't remember what it was called. Spleen, wasn't it? I thought I had something, I thought something, I might have thought, oh, there is something not with me. Maybe I'm going to be out for a month or two, or maybe I won't be able to play. And uh, the doctor kind of said, "Oh well, you can't train because if you get back, if you get a serious collision, like the bl- your blood won't clot. So just have a few days off." And I remember, the, I remember being in uh, home base buying paint because we were having some work done at the house. Then I remember the doctor getting a phone call after the doctor, and uh, yeah, he, I don't think he actually. I, I can't remember him actually saying that you've got cancer. But I remember him starting to talk about um, Stan Petroff. And then as soon as he said that, he just said, oh, no, it's going to be a tough, tough time for you and your family. And then, uh, then obviously, I knew I had cancer. Uh, obviously, started bursting into tears in the car park. And then kind of had to get myself back home and um, obviously tell Sabah. But Sabah's... Um, Sabah's your partner, isn't Sabah, she? Yeah, Sabah's my wife. And she's nine months pregnant, due to give birth next week. So I remember telling her and then she just... I've never seen her cry. She's wailing like it's bad... And then it was just tough, man. And I was like, I've got to tell my mum and dad. And I just didn't know how to tell them. Do you know what I mean? So it was um, it, it was a tough, tough day, tough couple of days. Um, getting that news, you sort of, I didn't really know too much about cancers. I knew people, I knew people that had it. I'd never had someone in my family who kind of went through it close hands. So obviously I'm sort of thinking that I'm done. Do you know what I mean? And uh and obviously with the circumstance I had Mila she was four at the time I think and he's sort of, sort of looking at her thinking don't know if I'm going to see you grow up and it was just a tough tough moment them first few day or two um, sort of not sleeping and didn't have any answers really to what was going to happen I remember going to um, I had a meeting with my consultant Manus and uh, he was trying to explain the treatment and stuff like that and I remember him saying ah oh, I said like, what's the what's the chances? And then he was like, uh, like you got 30, like thirty percent survival, thirty percent survival ratio. And I was like, but I was I was happy when he said it because I thought I didn't know, I didn't know what I didn't think I had a chance. So as soon as he said thirty percent, I was like buzzing. I'll take the thirty percent. I'll just work try and work on that thirty percent. And sort of after that day, I kind of sort of got my head around it and then just thought I'm gonna 
just that 30% was in my head. I'm just going to, whatever I can do to try and improve that 30% and get into that 30%, I'll, um, I'll, I'll do whatever I need to do. I don't care what pain I need to go through. But I just sort of concentrated on that sort of 30% and ended up moving to Manchester to, to get treated. Uh, and uh, Maya was born while I was in Manchester, so I missed the birth of Maya and kind of just everything just kind of turned upside down within a space of... Um, a space of a few days a week a week or so in training back you in training you couldn't see that you couldn't be there for the birth <laughs> no because I had an option to delay treatment a little bit but uh, when you kind of know that you're not well you don't want to I didn't want to wait because I just didn't know how aggressive it would, would, would be so and Saba was quite insistent as well wasn't she yeah for, for me to start start the treatment immediately go, yeah for me to go so I think just as in, in my, I was in kind of a war, a war kind of mentality, really, and I just wanted to get started. It kind of meant me going away to, to to go and get treated, and kind of I just wanted to just get on with it. Now it's hard, isn't it? Because obviously, it's hard for any of us to comment because obviously it's somewhere that we've never been and hope that we never have to go there. But the first thing that springs to mind was like you you latch onto this thirty percent, and yeah. I go back to the start of the podcast a little bit when you said that you realised that you weren't technically as good as these guys but you knew that you had to be more powerful and stronger and you, you lent into that and that's what sort of achieved your success. I suppose it's that, that mentality that you picked up from football. Do, do you think that played a part in, in your mindset moving forward with the illness? Definitely. I, I, obviously, the, the treatment and um, my doctors and the nurses at the hospital had a, had a big, big place to say in it. Who knows whether my mentality helped or didn't help at all, but... I think when you are in sort of football, you kind of go off them sort of one percents, and <coughs> even if you're going in, I don't know, who's, who's sort of always gone in the gym forty-five minutes before, half an hour before training, getting getting treated by the, the physios, kind of day in day out. It's just for that extra percent. It's not because you're going to get ten percent better because it's not possible, is it? Yeah. It's just for them extra percents, and kind of that's kind of what I worked on. Really, just well, I I, I know what I can do. To, to kind of possibly help, kind of looked into sort of herbal remedies and other, other things, dietary um, things I could do. I remember kind of when I was really weak, I'd lost a lot of weight, um, but I could, I could, um, I was allowed to, to sort of go out and have some fresh air and stuff like that. So I remember just, um, just going for a 20 minute walk around Manchester, just go for a walk. Couldn't probably do too much more than 20, 30 minutes, but just go for a walk thinking, this is my fitness, man. I'm, I'm fighting it, do you know what I mean? Like I, I, I'm doing everything I can to to get through this, and if I'm fitter, it's going to help me get through it. So, 20 minute walk, I'll just go and do my 20 minute walk. I'd try and do like five, 10 minutes yoga if I could on some days, if I, if I could felt like I could do it. But my energy wasn't always there, and I was in some bad places throughout that sort of year period. How, what about the lads? Because I think in the dressing room, it's just banter, isn't it? It's superficial. No one really asks how anybody is. How 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 did how did the, your teammates and the, your friends and all that deal with that? Uh, I'm not too sure. Probably Edo probably would know better than me. Like, and I think did they I, reached out I, to, I spoke they to reach yeah. I think everyone reached out to me. Like, and that, but I just I, I, I can't remember if I messaged back. I probably did message a lot of them back, but I kind of just shut off from everyone as well because I just wanted to concentrate on what I was doing. I was getting a lot of phone calls, which I was really grateful for. A lot of messages from fans yeah. and friends and. Paul Lambert, Paul Lambert came to my house to come see me, and and and, and Kenny speaking to Kenny and everyone like that. Like I think Walter, like loads of phone calls from people and stuff like that. But 
um, a lot of people, Jeff, Jez, all of them. So the football community club. rallied yeah, around you yeah, a little came bit. Came around me and that, but I think it's kind of the impact on the on the change room. I, I, I wasn't there when they got told. I knew they were yeah. getting told that day because I spoke to the duck and I kind of just, we were talking about how we were going to deal with it, but I just said, I just have to tell everyone because I can't go missing. Like, I'm supposed to go missing for a year. How did that happen then, Dave? How so did you was, um, So, obviously, me, me and, me and Keems are obviously very close at this point. Yeah. And I remember just before you go out to train the walls, there's some, some benches where you put your boots on and things like that. And this had been a couple of days before, and you had been out, hadn't you, Keem? You'd come back in, yeah. and I was like, how can you not train? And you go, oh, the doc just wants me to do a little bit. But I didn't. That was reasonably normal sometimes, yeah, not yeah. for key, but for, for other people who wouldn't train all the time. So I didn't dive into asking you why at all or anything like that. And I was just like, yeah, fine. And then you weren't in the next day or the next couple of days. I remember speaking to um, a few of the lads, where's, where's Keems today? Oh, I just don't think he's very well or just, just normal stuff like that. And then we trained and we were out on the training pitch and Nuno says we need to have a meeting in the change rooms afterwards. So again, pretty normal in pre-season. When not not for a second, not for a second, not for a second did anyone think the, the news that was coming was going to come. And I remember um, Nuno started. He said started a meeting. We're all in the change rooms, and he said, um, "Unfortunately, got some 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 terrible news." But I'm not in a position to explain it. Matt Perry, the doctor, is going to come and, and speak to you. And Matt Perry came in, who's the yeah. greatest guy, isn't he? Yeah. He's he's he's, he's, uh, he's he's such a good person. <clears throat> so knowledgeable and he came in and I remember him saying um, he mentioned Carl's name straight away and for whatever reason straight away I just put two and two together in my head thinking Carl's not been in he's speaking about Carl this is bad mm. and just the build up it and then he, he said that Carl's been diagnosed with um, acute leukemia Yeah, and I remember it was it was difficult because there was lads in the dressing room who had just arrived there was lads who had been there for a year or so and then there was probably four or five of us who had been there for no, seven, eight, nine years. On a personal level. And the personal level, I remember looking over at Danny Bath and me and him are both sort of tears. Because at this point, like you said, you don't know anything. You mm. don't know the extent of it. And it was it was tough and it was such a sombre atmosphere in there afterwards. And I remember before I got in the car, I text cop again, just what do you say? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was mm. difficult. We can just kind of show your support and... You don't expect to text back or anything like that. I think you messaged me a couple of days later it's just saying you're catching up on everything. But I remember ringing my wife straight away and said, this is, you know, you know, this is just about the most awful news. But yeah. that's how we find out. But Yeah, I think um, he's, he's strange. He talk about Matt Perry, like, great guy. Sort of sometimes I think about how how bad it was for him to deliver that news to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. For how difficult it must have been and, and sort of for him to, to do it in the change room. I remember speaking to Danny after. Uh, uh, I think Danny came round to my house probably about four or five days later. And then uh, you could tell he was like a bit, he was still emotional about it, do you know what I mean? And as you said, me, Danny, Edo, we were all close, do you know what I mean? So it was, uh, I kind of felt that they didn't know how to be around me and I didn't really know how, yeah. how to be around myself, to be honest, at the time. So. And I knew it was difficult for the lads and I knew a lot of lads just wanted to reach out and I was grateful for everyone kind of reaching out but I kind of knew that I needed my, it was my own journey now and I kind of needed just to kind of not speak to too many people because it was taking energy away from me from doing it so I think I probably had a few people that 
I would respond to kind of when I started my treatment and it was it was very few I wouldn't see very very many people and I kind of just kept it at at, at, that, at a minimum really because I knew that speaking to people at times is going to take energy away from me and it's not going to help me fight my battle you talked about the 1% a minute ago I, rem- I remember going up to see you at the Christie yeah. Hospital in Manchester and you say about giving yourself the best possible chance my biggest memory there is you're walking in and obviously you weren't in a good place then but you had an exercise bike next to your bed yeah. <laughs> which had come from the Wolves training ground yeah. and then you had this fridge with just full of chopped fruit and you was like I'm not eating any hospital food and you say I'm only eating things which I know are going to yeah. help help fight this and yeah. you went to every extent as as you would but you talk about 30% how do I change that to 50% yeah. and doing those little things yeah exactly yeah yeah exactly so I had the I told them to bring exercise bike up because I said I could do a few things uh, I remember it being nice so I'd go for walks when I could do um, and and just do kind of little bits of what I actually could. Um, I think especially towards the start, you came to see me at the start where I had a little bit more energy to do certain things. And I kind of I went vegan, full vegan for uh, the whole year, really. Well, longer than that, I was probably vegan for about two, three years. And I'd have a smoothie in the morning, green smoothie, uh, sort of mainly kale-based and just a kind of little bit of, of all matcha and all the sort of other herbs in there and I'd probably have a small bit of berries just to take the edge off the taste of, but it was I was sort of heaving taking it but I was just like get down <laughs> chlorophyll wasn't it yeah yeah just get it down me like and I just I'm just going to get it down I don't care how it tastes I'll do it do that once do that in the morning do it on the night so and I'm thinking I've got my nutrients inside me now so that I, I, I'm giving myself a chance and it's just small little things like that we think I was we were all of us probably going on a spiritual journey in our, our little group at the time. I remember reading uh, Power, The Power Now. Yeah, yeah. Um, what book? Eckhart Tolle. I'd, 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 read, I'd read that a couple of years before that and I'd really like in a good place kind of mentally really to kind of deal with it and it's strange man. I think sort of being in football kind of helped my mentality. Being fit kind of helped me give me a chance to kind of get through it and all these kind of things helped me through them tough nights when because ultimately, like at the, at the start, I felt like my body had let me down, and oh, it wasn't like I could just go to the gym every time we got injured. I thought I'll just go to the gym, I'll get fit, I'll do it. I'll, Your body would be yeah, your my, biggest I'll strength, get, I'll get it your physical in, strength. It kind of at the start off, I felt like it 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 let me down, but then my mentality changed, my mindset kind of changed. I I was in a good place to kind of deal with the, the tough nights where you sort of um, sort of thinking about death, thinking about your kids. Um, thinking what would happen to them and thinking everything else and is that the biggest fear at the time leaving your, ki- your kids yeah leaving my kids yeah I just had a newborn uh, you're sort of thinking about your wife how she's going to cope without you um, not that she couldn't but you you, you fear that and uh, you feel like you like how will my kids grow up not never knowing me do you know what I mean am I going to because I've, I've had plenty of people that I know of unfortunately lost their life and have left kids behind and stuff like that so you kind of they are your fears um, sort of remember being there's, there's always like one night I kind of remember being in the Christie I can still picture it being in the in the, in the the room the bed I can picture what the actual the, the lights were like at the time I can remember sort of think seeing my own funeral and stuff like that and then I'd just be like 
the mind would kick in. And I, I had a sort of process at the time to not, I had a, a bad thought just to, just to listen to it and let it pass. And that was kind of my way of dealing with it, of not fighting the thought of what's going on, just recognising that sort of, if I had that thought of saying that, no, it's not going to be you, but just let it, let it ride out. It'd be sweet. And then I'd, I'd, I'd be back on to sort of thinking more sort of positive and clear and stuff like that. So the thinker and the watcher. Yes, yeah. definitely, definitely <laughs> that. Yeah, definitely. So I was just kind of watching it, watching it happen. And, and I think it's strange, really. Maybe I was in a way built up for that moment, really. Cause yeah, you talk about the evolution of yourself. Mm. You never want to hear that news, but it's probably better it happened then than maybe six or seven years earlier when you hadn't got that self-awareness of how to mentally deal with it definitely yeah I think having the self-awareness of, of having the tools to kind of deal with that situation career-wise I had a career I, I when I was going through my treatment I kind of knew that it, I had a feeling that I weren't going to play again because it was just too much had kind of happened in that in that year I remember the sort of first four I'd, I'd lost a lot of weight quickly uh, then the four, first four weeks, the treatment wasn't too bad. I was feeling a little bit sick and nauseous, but wasn't too bad. Um, wasn't well, but wasn't too bad. And I remember the next part of the treatment, it was sort of notorious. It's like, this is going to be a tough period. Sort of on chemotherapy every day. And then I start, was starting to feel sick then. And then I had sepsis. After that finish, I had sepsis. And I was, remember kind of not remember got, I was watching football I came back home watching football and uh, remember thinking I don't feel well man I don't like this I don't feel well on what I'm not feeling already and I kind of went to bed thought I'll go to bed for a little bit and then kind of woke up just dripping of sweat like so hot I was, rang, rang the hospital I said like I, I don't feel well what do I do like I'm in Birmingham she's like just go straight to uh, straight, go to A&E and then my uh, Saba called an ambulance. I remember getting picked up in an ambulance, and then it just just got worse, like deteriorated. Like I remember, sort of hallucinating, and um, remember having to have cameras shoved down my throat to sort of see. I think you check where the sepsis is, and I remember waking up the one morning and I couldn't see my eyesight had gone. Uh, I, I, I say into my, um, I think there was a, a sign on the toilet, and I couldn't read it. It was right in front of me, and I was like. Then I remember I, I, I was looking at my phone, thinking. I said, said to the nurse, "Is my, is my phone broke?" And she's like, "No." I was like, "I can't, I can't see properly." And then I couldn't see anyone. If you were here, I could, I could make out who you were, but sort of around there, I could see, I could see you were there, but I just my vision was completely blurred, and um, obviously thinking, "Is it ever going to come back?" As well, so that was like a kind of another moment, kind of where. I think I was about three or four months where I, I, I couldn't see properly. I remember having to watch sort of things on my laptop and put it right next to my face and sort of reading and stuff like that. I couldn't, I just had to, uh, I couldn't read things on my phone, things like that. And I remember, <clears throat> I think I spoke to Matt Murray after it and I just said, mate, I've not been able to, to see nothing, mate. Like I've not been able to respond to anyone's messages because I've not been able to see. And all this sort of, was a tough period but at the same time I didn't mind going through it if the end result was that I was clear yeah but they're, they're scary moments aren't they 
Yeah. So that's that's kind of on top of the cancer. Mm. Do you feel at that point my my body's given up on me? Uh, no, Did you, man, no, you no, maintain no. that? Yeah, no, I never thought that. No, I um, I just thought this is what I need to go through. I was just yeah. like, it, it was, I think my eyes were a big, like a tough one because I was just, didn't know if it'd come back or not. Um, and sort of just to go to bed one morning, wake up fine and then wake up in the morning and not being able to sort of see, it's a scary thing and it really shook me up. Um, but kind of after, after the uh, initial scare, I was just kind of like, well, if I need to go through this to to be clear, then that's fine. I'll go through it. How long was that sort of stage of <clears throat> chemo and the treatment? When was the point that you kind of, you started to get positive news or you started to feel better yourself? Yeah. So I think, I think I had a tough, tough eight months really like through to tough seven, seven to eight months with treatment at, with the sepsis and sort of other incidents that I kind of won't go into, but I had some really tough moments. And I, I was, I knew I was in remission, but they keep checking you every every two months or something to make sure it's not come back. And then I remember, kind of, it got to seven about February, March, and I'd kind of the way it works with your treatment. If you're, um, you'll get treated for four weeks. You will have a rest until your blood's come back up to you, ready to get treated again, and then you'll go again. But sometimes my periods will be long because it takes me long to recover. Uh, and then I just remember it starting to move a bit quickly. I remember getting through my treatment. Uh, I remember being able to come home a little bit more. And um, I sort of remember sort of seeing the sort of light at the end of the tunnel, really. And I was just, I was ready to come home. I just had enough of being being away from home. And it was my, birth, my, my, um, my daughter's birthday coming up in June, June the 10th. I was just thinking, I want to be home for that. My, my friend was getting married in August. I wanted to try and make that. So these are just sort of mini goals that I kind of had in my head to kind of landmarks to kind of get back and sort of get back healthy. You had an apartment in Manchester as well, didn't you, to, to save you the, the hassle yeah. of travelling from Manchester to Birmingham all the time. So you really based yourself up there. Yeah, I just stayed up there. My kind of mum came up with me sort of probably three or four days a week. She stayed at me because I, I wasn't, uh, I didn't have the energy to cook. I didn't have the energy to do a lot of things at times, and like really weak. And um, uh, Saba would come up with the kids on the weekend. Uh, then I'd have like a few visitors now and again when someone would, like when um, when I was fine to have visitors, and when uh, my dad would come up on a couple of days as well. So I'd always have kind of someone there if I needed to, if I needed something cooking or I needed some food or something like that, and. I had a sort of good support system around me, but yeah, I just sort of stayed in Manchester, kind of concentrated on what I needed to do. There's 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 a part in your book, Carl, which is, is it called Why Not Me. So yeah. anybody wants to sort of listen to the story again, then it's available in all good bookshops. <laughs> but there's a bit which really stood out in there for me when you were suffering back in Birmingham, um, going through some tough times. You had a you needed something fixing at home, didn't you? Do you want to kind of yeah. tell us that story a little bit? Yeah, so I think I had, um, I was back home and uh, I needed, I think my fireplace wasn't wasn't working and uh, I think it was, it was around the sort of colder times and didn't have the energy to kind of find someone to go through the rigmarole of calling people around. So just kind of, I think it was... You usually got a mate who can do it. Yeah, yeah, normally got a mate who can do it, but I just sort of went out directly, just rang someone, sort of asked them to come out and um, uh, they, they sort of came around and... I think he said he can't couldn't fix it that day, but he would come back another day. I didn't I didn't think he knew or was or anything like that. Um, he probably got a bit of suspicions because I think a, f- a few people 
see my me like my mum carrying things and my missus carrying things for me and probably think like, that's not quite right but probably don't really make that yeah. clock kind of actually what's going on and uh, I think he kind of seen that maybe I wasn't well and he obviously recognised me and then uh, the next day he came back and um, he brought me this boomerang back with a, with a letter and um, he basically got a boomerang made when he was in um, I think he was in Australia and uh, the sort of through the stories saying that like a good boomerang he'd always come back and sort of for someone to have travelled had a boomerang made any for himself for a, a, a gift from travelling and to end up giving it me it kind of really touched me and he, I think his son was a semi-pro football at the time and he's just a good man like really good man like he was saying to his son like just go for your dreams you can always come and do work like I do it but you might not have the time to do that again and he's just just a sort of lovely guy and it kind of made me realise there's a lot of good people in the world still and there's a lot of bad stories but there's some really good people do you mind I've got a copy of that letter do you mind me yeah, reading yeah, it so yeah. the listeners can hear it because I read it and it was yeah it's, it's quite emotional so so he popped this back the next day the boomerang in and it goes Apologies for not getting the job done yesterday. I needed parts, and in any case, it was a two-man job. I brought my son to give me a hand with things while I get back while I get you back on. His dream is to be a footballer. He's 21 now, and I've advised him to pack in his job and focus on his dream. I am his dad, after all. He can spend the rest of his life doing something else if he doesn't make it. If you have any advice to give him at all, it'd be greatly appreciated. And I hope you don't mind, but I'd like to give you a token of my humanity. I spent some time in the Australian outback with the Aborigines and picked, shaped, filed and painted and stamped the boomerang until it became what you now have in your hand. The reason I wanted to give you this is because I made it down under, which is where I feel you might be and where you are at times right now. The real reason I wanted to give to you, give this to you is that we both know what a good boomerang does. It comes back when you throw it. I have a feeling this will happen for you. You must be a strong-minded man to have achieved what you've done so far in your life and you are currently going through the biggest challenge you've ever had to face. But the mind is the most powerful weapon you have. Use it to your advantage. And like a good boomerang, come right back. Put it somewhere that will remind you of your strength. And When you see it, and as Rocky Balboa once said, I don't hear no bell. Go well, mate. There ain't no fat lady singing in this house. <laughs> Yes, yeah. that isn't it. What a guy! Yeah, for to just come back and kind of have them words, and that. I kind of remember reading it and kind of welling up, man. Just sort of thinking, can't believe he's just took the time, took to, do the time to do that for me. Do you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, it's just a just a, sort of an incredible sort of push at, at a tough time, kind of in my life as well. And I think just just obviously the, the, the words in the in what he'd writ but I think just his attitude towards his son was just inspiring yeah. for me do you know what I mean just thinking yeah man like yeah. You, you're just telling him to go and follow his dreams a lot of people just kind of say just Got give one, it up and yeah. don't do Got it one life haven't you follow yeah. your dreams brilliant it is amazing and it's, it's amazing to see what people can do when the chips are down and, and the, the people that are around you, the communities and everybody pulling together, it is amazing. That's an amazing story. It's wait, hard to, wait, it's hard wait, to finish wait, that one, isn't wait it? with your health at the moment then, Paul. Yeah, I feel feel great, mate, yeah. Um, not vegan anymore. <laughs> no, not vegan no. anymore, no. I, I still, we still don't have it in the house. So a lot of my, predominantly my meals are uh, uh, vegetarian, vegan, kind of based. But yeah, I feel great. I still train still training a lot uh, do a lot of martial arts now so that's kind of my, my jiu-jitsu. Hobby. yeah jiu-jitsu yeah so 
that's kind of my new hobby. Um, we were going to have a little roll around with him on the grass. <laughs> I, 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 I was any coming. Yeah, might leave that. What about your perspective on life? Though? You thought about being spiritual. How has that affected you? The way you look at things, the way you live your life now, day to day. I think I was just grateful, you know, and that's why I probably don't miss football. Really, I think I was just grateful to kind of come out of the situation that I'd been in. I'd grateful to kind of live the life that I'd lived to before, um, and just sort of grateful for the sort of smaller things in life now um i don't um i don't want for the sort of i don't want for the sort of feeling that football brought brought i'm, I'm grateful for that you don't, feeling cr- you don't that create money no, in the fast car no, 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 i've never sort of never that sort of people anyway <laughs> in the first place really so kind of it didn't really kind of really apply to us so yeah i think i'm just kind of truly grateful and kind of have moments really where sort of just sort of pinch myself really and just just think oh it's amazing like that and life's life's amazing I, I don't really I said I, I live quite a simple life now and I quite quite like that I just you find I, happiness in that simple. yeah I find happiness in, in simplicity really and I think um I always there's, there's still things that I can kind of achieve outside of my football career and I'm still still relatively younger in in life so yeah. I kind of want to sort of put put my effort into my, my kids, my family, uh, my, my own hobbies and my own interests because I still have them and, and and try to sort of achieve things outside of football but not with a, with an obsession that I was when I was playing really. I always kind of spent a lot of time away from my kids. I always want to kind of be there for their big moments in life now and, and, and not, to, not to be away and, and, and miss them and try to create a... A, a life where we're all happy and a, a sort of household where we're all happy. So I think uh, perspective and a lot and things have, I think they've always been pretty good to be honest. I don't like in general, but they're just, just a lot better. We're sort of talking about people moaning in change rooms and that like yeah. sort of don't really moan too much now. I still have my moments and stuff like that, but there's, there's times where I just think, sometimes look back and think kind of look, what, you, look, what, look what you've gone through man do you know what I mean like just grateful to, to sort of be breathing fresh air you've been back on the grass recently haven't you as well with Wolves I've seen on YouTube and things like that was that yeah. emotional was it fun was uh, it do you know what I didn't know I, was, I didn't know I was training to be honest <laughs> I, I went in sort of thinking I was doing a bit of coaching and then uh, Tony, Rob, Tony Roberts was like oh well this is what we're doing today and I was like, me? And he was like, yeah, yeah, we were doing it. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it was fun, mate, you know. Uh, I actually felt pretty sharp for something. <laughs> <laughs> that, that I could do a job. I could like, like, probably do a job somewhere, maybe. But, uh, but to fair, after about 40 minutes, my body really started to, to take its toll. And I think it was all right with the straighter stuff. But then when it kind of went into doing a bit of sh- moving around the goal and shooting. How are knees? <laughs> yeah, that's when I was nervous then like, yeah. and I thought something's going to go yeah so yeah the knees weren't great the main image of Carl at Compton training ground was two bags of ice on yeah, his knees yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. he's not known for that yeah so it's um, it was it was fun experience it was fun seeing uh, the other goalkeepers like John and USA and a few of the younger lads as well sort of watching that, that, how they worked and it's, it was just good to be around I just like being around the club going to see yeah. like, lads and staff and stuff like that but I don't I don't want for it back I don't miss it I just just sort of kind of got there and just thought it was fun but you, 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 you're not in the right condition to play yeah. <laughs> I mean Carl that's an amazing story that an inspiration that is, that is so powerful to listen to and the listeners I'm sure will absolutely love that 
what we do with every guest that we have on, we have to, in the end, we have to get them to pick a five-a-side team with the best players they have played with. <coughs> you, I should have pre-warned you about this, but... Yeah, it's gonna be, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. you've got to pick your best players who are going to have to start in goal. So that's going to be tough because you have got some of your mates there. Who are you picking for your best goalkeeper uh, that you played oh, with? Oh, this is a tough one, man. I didn't know I'd have to do it. <laughs> uh, on the spot, Bear in mind, yeah. I'll be tagging in on Twitter the ones who you don't pick. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to go Hennessy, you know, I think. I'm going to have to go Hennessy, yeah. yeah tag Matt Murray in that on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I think Matt, Matt was Matt was brilliant, but unfortunately his career kind of got quite short. And I think I was watching Wayne, uh, watched a bit, a bit of the Wales game. Uh, he's awesome. He's Ukraine and he's brilliant. And then it's just sort of... Longevity for Wayne, isn't it? Longevity. Yeah. And do you know, it's weird, man. I was sort of like, sort of proud of him, do you know what I mean? In a way, and he's like proud of what he's actually achieved in his career because he's, he's had a great career and... To, kind of go on to play as many games for Wales and in the Premier League it's, it's, it's been good for a long time so I'd probably have to, to pick Wayne what's the formation you can go, you can go yeah. two defenders two but defenders. no one knows about the two defenders because defenders <laughs> tend to be on there yeah. <laughs> one defender two midfielders forward you can do whatever you want who's the best defender you played with uh, just just do Wolf kick stick of Wolf anyone yeah, yeah. anyone you played with for a five aside. Five aside, I'm going to have to pick Kevin Foley, I think. Everyone goes strategic, yeah, don't they? Yeah, Everyone yeah. goes five O's. Yeah, Absolutely bounce pass, any falls. But I got the yeah. bounce pass yeah. necessary yeah. for a five side. It was, it, it was tough to beat as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's not enough room for, a t- for him to outpace it, for him to get yeah. outpaced. <laughs> so he's decent. He's, yeah, he's yeah. at the back. Yeah. You've got a midfield then. Two midfielders. Two right. best midfielders. This could be awkward. Yeah, if I get in ahead of Adele Tarapt, I'll be. I yeah, know he's putting yeah, it on, yeah. mate. I'll just have to, uh, if Tarapt had your attitude, dear, he'd be the greatest I think I'm going to have to go. Uh, no, sorry, Dave, but Mikel, Joe Dobby, Mikel. Yeah, and, um, I'll let that one go. Yeah. You can take that, Dave. And Diddy. Yeah, I think them two were rock stars. I think I remember and Diddy. So I remember he did his first game for us and uh, that he dropped Obi Mikel at least they dropped for Obi Mikel for him, did he? and I was thinking that's a big call I'm not too sure about that yeah. I don't even know this, this young kid is then he was oh he's brilliant man he's like yeah. megsing people you wouldn't think it's his first international game yeah. he's like megsing people like chipping it over people's head he got bollocks at half time for taking a piss <laughs> yeah. Mikel, you're, not getting, you're not getting back in you John <laughs> he does like he's carried on with his studies and stuff hasn't he as well yeah, at Leicester studying, yeah. he was at university in Leicester engineering too. degree or something. has he yeah, yeah so fair play so, uh, he was brilliant I think having to see him seen him play more for the yeah. for the Nigerian team kind of think he went to Belgium and kind of went to Leicester and he's he's, he's been brilliant in Leicester as well so I'd have to pick them to left striker left striker. Oh, oh that. It's gonna, yeah, it's difficult, isn't it, man? But Silver will be spewing if you don't. It's got to be Silver, isn't it, man? He's too. Be, he's, <laughs> do you know? What? I think I'm gonna. I'm gonna pick Silver. I think we had some 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 really good strikers at Wolves um, and uh, Nigeria. I didn't Ian Nacho, who uh, who was fantastic. But I'm just gonna pick Silver. <coughs> sort of remember just having a I think it was a two two three year period where he was just on fire and anything kind of in around the box you kind of knew that he was pointing away and I remember having like battles in training with him we used to sort of we used to have battles together like to yeah, yeah. trying to him he, he was good on best. he was good on a Saturday but in a 5-0 he was deadly wasn't he yeah, obviously he didn't have to run yeah. the channels in the 5-0 exactly. so yeah, he had the energy to do it yeah. he pin you roll you yeah. and bam you're yeah. done if you get yeah. pinned you're done yeah, yeah so no, no, no sort of backlift of his foot just ping it just when someone strikes through the ball perfectly I've, not many people there's been good strikers who've, 
who finished goals, but you sort of when you get that sort of strikeouts, they're just they're just different. It I wasn't think. finesse, was it? It was just power, power, yeah, power and a, a clean hit. I think remember kind of Lee Griffiths being a little bit the same too. I remember yeah. sort of seeing him uh, not not the same mould as thingy, but just the finishing style of of Lee was quite similar, like sort of low back grift and just really struck the ball through every time that he struck it. So I'm gonna have to go with um, yeah with my mate Sylv for multiple reasons. Nice. Dave, you might sneak on the bench there yeah. for. Uh, Seven subs yeah, now. Yeah. Seven subs these days. You need some legs on the five seven, side pitch. Seven subs yeah. these days. Good in the changing room. Yeah, good in the changing room. But what, what a story, Carl. I mean, f- for me personally, totally inspiration, but a total inspiration. I know the lads all think the same. Just totally blown away by it. not not only the obviously you've come through the illness and that's like a huge inspiration. That's the obvious one. But your career as well. Like totally taken tonight about the fact that. You know, you've looked at other people's skill set and thought, right, well, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Sam talks a lot about your uh, your super strengths, you know, and you looked at you look, looked at your super strengths and just superseded other people because of it. So, yeah, for me, mate, I'll be taking a lot away for, for with that. Class, brilliant, class, Carl. thank you so much. It's been enjoyable, man, and uh, good to see you again, Edo, and nice to meet you guys as well, man. So you can find us on. Yep, you can email us at inthestiffs at gmail and we're on all social media platforms at inthestiffs. At In The Stiffs. Yeah. <laughs> not twice. Not twice, <laughs> not twice <laughs> yeah. You can email us at In The Stiffs. In The Stiffs. Something to do with In The Stiffs. At In The Stiffs. Yeah, sunshine on your eyes. You're so all the, over the place. Yeah. To work on so that. the at sign with In The Stiffs. It's good still for us, even though it's like Series 2, it's good still to be a little bit raw, isn't it? And make mistakes like that, isn't it? Good job, you, be too po- you can be too polished, can't you? I always worry yeah, about being too polished. That's why I do it. I do it purposely, yeah. just to make sure we don't look that's why, too, that's why too I always worry about being too good-looking. You know, I think it's going to be too... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can, see, I can see where you're coming from. <laughs> right, brilliant. Thank you so much, Carl. Amazing, inspirational. Thank you very much, everybody. I know, listeners, you will have, you will have absolutely loved that and taken a lot from it. Thank you very much. Have a good day. In the stiffs with Budging Motors... Budget Motors are on Stafford Park in Telford and Featherbed Lane in Shrewsbury. For all your car needs, contact Budget now.